0: This Week in League Peter Peters gives his desk a good sort on his way out of Manly Sam Thiday spears himself a Brent Kite kebab The Park Sea Eagles and the Homebush Tigers prepare to exploit their home ground advantage
1: And we'll preview all of the action for week 1 of the 2011 NRL Final Series
0: All that and more this week in League episode 64 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Housekeeping. First thing, as it has been for the last couple of weeks, it's coming down to the wire now. Get signed up and get your team ready for the Jabra Finals Fantasy Football Competition. Enter now at bit.ly forward slash twill fantasy. What can they win, Glenn?
1: They can win a Bluetooth headset worth $149.95.
0: Recommended retail price.
1: Yes, yes, it is. And
0: actually, they must be close to. Being, it's actually
1: worth much more than that, but that's the recommended retail.
0: They must be close to launch because I actually saw a uh, an article about them on popular technology blog engadget.com, dot the other day, about three, two or three days ago.
1: No doubt that was glowing.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, they pretty much just used the press release, okay. but um, <laughs> so so yeah, it was pretty glowing. But uh, it's good to see them again. Not the as glowing
1: stream. as the review will be giving them.
0: No, and um, it's good to see him getting just some, you know, some mainstream uh, interest because as far as technology and uh, gadget blogs are concerned, um, and Gadget's pretty much up there is the biggest one, so good stuff, good stuff. So, Taking
1: Sven to the masses.
0: Exactly. Sven is going to be a household name, going to have uh, the, the housewives around the world sliding off their seats. <laughs> um. Now, what else was I going to say with the competition? Yeah, uh, I guess the the final start Friday night. So, if you want to get in and uh, give yourself the opportunity to win from the very first week, you're going to have to be entered and have your team set up ready to go by what seven thirty Friday night. Yes, sir. Uh, Otherwise, we've cracked one hundred and six people in the
1: in the league so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I haven't checked it for a couple of days either, so it's probably gone up since then. But what we need to you need to make sure that you're in. Then I think you'll be able to enter. Well, people will be able to enter afterward. Well, they will actually lock off
1: I don't see why you would enter afterwards, how do you
0: well, because you know we are giving like a random one away you know so theoretically, oh, I guess you know, as
1: far as our particular competition goes yeah. as far as the finals fantasy goes overall, yeah, you I mean, want to get in before it starts, give yourself every chance of doing well.
0: Exactly, exactly. So uh, consider Friday, 7.30, your deadline. Allow yourself a bit of time, though, to select the team because, um, as I mentioned last week, it's hard to <laughs> yeah. get seven players There's into a There's two trains
1: of thought. I've probably tried to steer away from having one absolute point-scoring behemoth Yeah. and just tried to get a, a pretty good spread, as high a possible spread across all seven players. But even that's hard. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you see other people just picking Corey Parker and a bunch of nafties.
0: I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, i got, I got Corey Parker. I'll, I'll acknowledge that much. And then I've got another very good high point scoring player in my side. And then I've got some good bargain buys because there's some bargains out there. All I'm going to say is oh, the only hint I'm going to give people is that the valuations that the players are priced at is based on what their valuation was in round 22 of the season. So the clue is look for players... That maybe only came good in the last four rounds of the season, that are in teams that are bound for the finals, because there is definitely some value to be had there. Very interesting. Trust me on this. I've got. I mean, the other train of thought is that because six out of seven players count, you pick six players and just pick one guy that's not going to play, and you know, it stuffs you if you you know if you need him as an emergency. Yeah. But you know, you're funneling all your money into six players rather than seven. Mm-hmm. All my guys though play 80 minutes, so I'm pretty happy. Fair enough. Oh, fair. Enough. Actually, my prop probably has a rest now and then. But my side not,
1: needs a little bit of tweaking. But um, you know,
0: but I only literally just—I've been signed up for like two, what, two, three weeks, and I yeah. only literally did it like last Friday, and I sat there for fucking ages trying to get around my head to figure out how. And the thing is, you can't click onto other people's teams. I don't think, and you can't see who they got because mm. there's no yeah, head to head, so there's you no point. Do it in it that. Off your own bat. Exactly. So you can't, you can't get a clue like you know, how people are going to do it. But in any case, it should
1: be fun though. It would be interesting to see. Certainly in the first week. Um, the teams that people come up with, and hopefully uh, we'll get some good scores, some good higher scores, and uh, we'll get some pretty awesome prizes out to some fantasy champions.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, probably be the second second best person because I'm going to go pretty well, um, and I'm Talk not eligible. I'm not eligible to win, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, get in there, Bitly b i t dot l y forward slash Twill Fantasy. If you want to go to the web, don't want to go through that way. You go to the website. You just go to thisweekinleague.com dot com and scroll back probably you know five or six posts and they'll, and you'll see. Well, actually, even with all recent episodes, you'll see the details about the competition on there. Um, some details about the prizes, what exactly the Jabra Sport is. You know some of the technical specs of of the device and everything, and um, and also a link off to their site so you can check out all the info and you uh, know whatever else they've got on there. Sven, on the Jabra Drop website in itself. And
1: say hi to Sven.
0: Exactly. Okay. Let's see if
1: we can tee up some signed photographs.
0: All right, and uh, now the regular season's ended.
1: Nude, of course. <laughs>
0: regular <laughs> regular season's ended, so uh, it's time for us to think about uh, compiling the annual Twilly M awards. You'll remember last season uh, there was there was some triumph and there was some glory and there was some sadness in the case of Glenn when when Lottie didn't bring home the revelation of the 2010 was it NRL season. It was season.
1: absolute unbridled fury. That those awards had been rigged. There was only two people involved. By, and I
0: certainly didn't rig them. By by all by all of our listeners, they rigged the award. Yes. Because <laughs> Lottie got about well, I think a thirty percent of the vote, maybe if that for the Revelation Clearly Award. yeah I didn't vote enough. The winner got double. Um, and it was audited by, uh, a a CPA. The yes. results <laughs> being my wife. Um, so there was the results were. Uh, beyond reproach let's say do you have any uh, housekeeping
1: I uh, spoke last week about a little behind the scenes project that we've got cooking up at the moment and there should be more about that released this week um, we're hoping we have some people which are uh, frantically trying to make this all happen prior to the finals um, if not definitely for week two of the finals. Well
0: how will you announce if it happens this week, will it be just like over Twitter and Facebook yeah, or Twitter will we hold and off and announce it on the show next week? As soon as it comes
1: on board, whatever it might be. Okay. It'll be on Twitter and Facebook and the website.
0: All right. Done. Oh, and finally, thanks again to at MMA underscore Dave underscore Mac. Dave MacDonald, the Fight MC, who did the intro for the show. We had a lot of good feedback about it, and um, it was a bit of fun uh, for us to do it. Yeah, and, uh, and listeners enjoyed it too. So uh, it's good. Thanks again, Dave. What a legend. First story: The Dally M's have come and gone again for season 2011, or the Benji M's,
1: as they should have been known,
0: as they should have been known, but aren't known because, unfortunately, for the Benji fans, of which there is one of them sitting next to me, Billy Slater is the Dally M Winter Dally M Medal for Player of the Year.
1: Well deserved.
0: Yeah, well, it's a surprise to me. I mean, I knew he'd be one of the guys up there. I knew he'd be sort of top you know, top three or top four player. Made even more impressive by the fact that he's got two absolute champion players that play alongside him, taking points
1: off him every week.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very
1: good. Very, like, that's that's a sign of a quality season right there.
0: <laughs> um, Benji was, a, was the hot favourite, obviously, because of, you know... Great patch of form he's had in the last sort of five or six weeks of the season. As it turns out, it wasn't enough, and he, and Benji didn't actually pick up any points in round twenty six. Which I mean, we're we're sort of speaking about it, you know, off the air. I, wasn't I was expecting expected, him to. I, I was expecting was to pick to win up it, a point, it or been
1: based on the work he did all the way up to round twenty six. But
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The big surprise is that Glenn Stewart was actually a contender. I don't think anyone ever mentioned Glenn Stewart as being a contender for no, the for the award. Um, and basically, that brawl that took place cost him any chance uh he was suspended for three matches which means uh you lose uh, for, for a suspension you lose three points per per suspended uh suspended match and so he lost nine points that meant that he finished on 18 points whereas if he hadn't have been suspended he would have had those nine points so that would have been 27 points which had him equal with Benji Marshall plus he would have uh been able to poll votes in rounds 25 and 26 and uh you would imagine it against the storm and uh, you know, and, and against the against man, the Broncos, a point he would two have two weeks <laughs> exactly. That's that is absolutely incredible. I mean, Slater had twenty nine overall, mm. so I mean, but the odds of of uh, Glenn Stewart picking up two points over three rounds, well, sorry, over two rounds, would have been you know reasonably high. Definitely. I mean, you know, just to be the third best player in two consecutive games, Jesus! And the I mean, he's been man of the match in enough games that you know it's possible too. Sure, amazing. Um. And
1: Like you said, he wasn't
0: even mentioned really. Yeah, as not far as... not a single person mentioned him as a as a contender. I guess
1: with the suspension,
0: they knew it took him. But yeah, I... and historic and, and you know history will show that he finished fairly far back in the pack. But you know when you, when you look at the the reasons why, and I mean just even the nine points he lost through suspension alone, that's incredible. Um, some of the other results of the Dalhams this season: uh, Billy Slater, he also got the fullback of the year and team of the year, the winger. Wate parte very well deserved centre Jamie Lyon. I'd, I'd hoped for it, but I didn't. I honestly I didn't expect it. Yeah, um, well, I wasn't expecting him, but uh, I'm, I'm, amazing.
1: I guess there's a few other candidates, but he it's. Well-deserved. He's had a good
0: season. Yep. Uh, some of these other positions, half halfback, prop, and hooker, all very predictable. Five eighth, Benji Marshall, halfback, Cooper Cronk, prop, Matt Scott, hooker, Cameron Smith. I don't think anyone would argue with any of those, you know, and they're very, very predictable. Definitely. Second row, I guess that's, you know, second row is kind of a hotly contested position. Uh, Sam Thiday, the winner, though. Lock: Paul Gallen, which no one could probably argue no with. No-brainer, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, Captain, Cameron Smith, coach, Craig Bellamy. So... I guess uh, in that respect, the storm <laughs> swept. The, they swept the spine awards, captain and coach. So I guess the NRL or at least the judging panel are kind of uh, acknowledging the fact that they've got to the minor premiership without cheating, or you know, until we find out in three or four years that they have been. I guess but, uh, it's,
1: it's you know uh, a bit of a unannounced acceptance back into the fold. Yeah, yeah. Really.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, rep player of the year, Cameron Smith again. Jesus, wow. it was yeah. Cleaning up, yeah. Rookie of the year, my favorite one, Daily Cherry Evans, as as I expected. But um, you know, kudos
1: to him too. He's had a great year. Um, Tarek Sims would have voted fairly, would have polled fairly high in those votes as well. But
0: yeah, um, Jack was, Reed would have up until about Origin too. Then he fell right off. I thought
1: he's had a couple of good seas good good games to uh, close out the season. But there was that patch just after Origin where he really. Went into a bit of a lull, as you you expect from a rookie player, but he he blasted out of the blocks that hard that he sort of thought he was going to go on with it.
0: Yep, yep. But uh, Cherry, I'll tell you, I'm I'm almost as excited about him as a halfback prospect as uh, as like you know, the first time I saw Tuvi. Yeah. Uh, he's sensational. Proven Summons Award went to Nathan Heinmarsh. Peter Frilingos Memorial. Paul Gallen. Toyota Cup Player of the Year. Jack DeBellin. Top Try Scorer. Nathan Merritt. Oh, there you go. Barber didn't get it. Point scorer. You tell lies. Chris Sandow.
1: Yeah, well, I was surprised Benji didn't get the top point scorer if he, you know, had it been able to kick goals and stuff. Well, <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. I wonder how close he came. <laughs> I mean, the Tigers haven't really put and it And he on. needed
1: 16 points.
0: Out of the last round. Yeah. Shit, he did miss a couple too, didn't he? Yeah. Not they still wouldn't have got him 16 points. He would have got another six to eight points maybe. True. So, yeah, not good enough. A couple of tries. And then he might have got the Dalian too because he might have got some points in the good, last game.
1: Good night. It's a good opportunities for the game to put a bl- bit of glitz and glamour and, you know, a bit of a different perspective on some of the players we see battle it out and blood, sweat and tears on the field every week. And um, a lot of those awards are, are well-deserved. The Rookie of the Year one, as you mentioned, with Dale. Good effort.
0: <laughs> you just brought Nathan that up Highmarsh. so you could say Dale. <laughs>
1: Nathan Highmarsh wins another Proven Summons medal. Um, again, well-deserved. He's just proving he's a champion on and off the field. Uh, Jack DeBellin for the Toyota Player of the Year. Surprised Jacob Miller didn't get that, but anyway.
0: It won't matter. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it won't matter.
1: He'll make up for it with a couple of premierships in the next couple of years. Jacob Miller. He'll sink like a rock. Champion of the people. (laughs) Um, And Nathan Merritt really stormed home to win that try-scorer's title. He got eight tries in two games there.
0: That was the difference right there, yeah, like in under a week.
1: Won him the try-scoring award. Um Sandow hang on to win the point score of the year and I I don't think anyone can really argue with the team of the year. It's pretty uh it was pretty cut and dried. I think those guys have all had outstanding seasons. Um and big rap to Craig Bellamy. Say what you want about the storm and what's gone on in the past, but f- for him to do what he's done with some of those players in that side is is every bit deserving of coach of the year awards, so good luck to him.
0: No luck to him. Hope they lose every game from this point on. Next story: Sam Thaiday to miss the rest of the season. Brisbane star Sam Thaiday will miss the rest of the NRL season, aka two finals games for the Brisbane Broncos, <laughs> after entering an early guilty plea to ass. his dangerous throw charge. He tried to do the right thing this time. He came in as the first man in, but unfortunately, he can't even do that right. The Queensland and Australian forward was charged with a grade two dangerous throw for his lifting tackle on Manly prop Brent Kite on Sunday. Brisbane today made the decision to take the early plea after seeking legal advice and poring over hours of video of lifting tackles. Club officials had considered going to a judiciary hearing with the hope of getting the charge downgraded, in which case he would have escaped a suspension and been free to play in Saturday night's first qualifying final against the Warriors at Suncorp Stadium. However, they deemed the risk of having an extra week added to Thigh ban was not worth taking. Coach Anthony Griffin will name Thigh replacement today, which we believe has already been named as Ben Teo, I think. Yes. Griffin will also name Jared Beale at fullback after scans yesterday confirmed Josh Hoffman's season is over after he ruptured his posterior cruciate ligament playing against Manly on the weekend. Any comments about Sam's tackle? Fair punishment?
1: I think there had to be a punishment handed down. I was actually a bit surprised when they didn't challenge it. Um, given that, you know, you look at the Dave Dave Taylor incident, I guess... Sam's tackle wasn't a million miles away from Dave Taylor's and yeah, Dave Taylor got five b- weeks. So yeah. they they obviously took the risk into account and decided it wasn't worth fighting um, and possibly copying that extra week. So uh, it's one of those moments in a game where, you know, it's a very, very thin line between Thayde picking Kite up and, and dumping him on his ass and everyone saying what a great tackle it was, yep. potential momentum changer in a game or whatever. Um, you know you skip across the other side of the line and the guy gets dumped on his head and he's out for the next two weeks. It's a very, very fine line.
0: And they well, didn't even you, have you the step, defense. You that... step further over and the guy's in a wheelchair.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And that's why these rules are in place. And exactly. That's why, it. you know, the NRL actively looked to deter those sorts of tackles out of the game. I um, was, you know... The Broncos—they didn't even have that defense where there was multiple plays in the tackle. It was—it was one on one. There's not like one guy was the um, only one, you know, one guy was the yeah, other guy. Right. Yeah, that's right. And there was you know that sort of defense where it, things got out of control, but there was another party at play as well. So, um, I think they might struggle. To be honest, I think um, certainly against the Warriors this weekend, a wide running back rower with the, the force that Thaiday runs the ball. Um, and also the help that he gives Lockie in defence is going to be sorely missed for the Broncos against the Warriors and um, you know whoever the next opponents might be, I think they um you know there's, there's he's going to be sorely missed. He's an international, mm-hmm. an Origin player, and he brings a lot of uh, a lot of passion to that side. And and some of the younger forwards, younger, younger players in the team, do lift off him. So um, you know they'll miss him. I'm not saying he's, he's you know they're gonna fall in a heap, but it's definitely a, a big loss to overcome for them.
0: I agree. And I think that the the reason why the match review committee only uh placed it at a two week uh limit is because it was very similar to the ballpark. It was in the same same neighbourhood as the as the uh, Dave Taylor five week one. But if they had gone five weeks then they may have, you know, gone in all guns bla- they would have gone in all guns blazing sure. to try and get it overturned so this one was kind of like I think it was an acceptable compromise of punishment for them and also an acceptable compromise of punishment for the Broncos because, you know, clearly there was a case to answer. Sure. Next story, the home finals debate. NRL boss David Gallup has stood by the decision to shift Sydney finals from suburban grounds to the larger ANZ Stadium and Sydney Football Stadium despite heavy criticism of the move. At the start of the season, all 16 NRL clubs agreed to the shift to the larger venues for semifinals would be a step in the right direction for the game, but yesterday, as the NRL officially launched the start of this year's final series, the decision was met with anger. Manly skipper Jamie Lyon hit out the change, unhappy the sea Eagles have to give up a home final at Brookvale Oval to take on the Cowboys at the Sydney Football Stadium on Saturday night. Tigers coach Tim Sheens also weighed in, expressing his concerns to Triple M's rush hour yesterday afternoon. Last year, the Tigers earned the right to a home semi-final in week one, but in a bid to attract a large crowd and promote the game, they opted to play the Sydney Roosters at the Sydney Football Stadium. The move backfired, with the Tigers losing an epic golden point battle and missing out on the week off before the preliminary final. This year, despite finishing in the top four, the Tigers have no choice but to follow the NRL's choice of venue, giving up any territorial advantage by playing against the Dragons at ANZ Stadium.
1: It's, I guess there's probably two points of view. Certainly from the point of view of a Tigers fan, which I can speak for, um, you wouldn't mind seeing him play at Leichhardt or Camel exactly. for that matter. But, yeah. yeah. Um, Leichhardt you know, especially
0: because Leichhardt's, you know, uh, it's, it's a similar sort of... Um, well, it has adva- that, that adva- same adva- sort of aura is, about it yeah, as a Brookvale yeah. or,
1: or, um, or a Cogra or whatever, yep. you know, urban sort of ground or suburban ground that you want to throw into the into the mix. But, as a footy fan, this is is final series every year is the showpiece of the game, and and they need to extract as many dollars out of it as they can for the for the good of the game. But it's hard for me at this time of year to look through any sort of coloured glasses other than black and orange at the moment. It's yep. disappointing, but um, you know, for twenty six weeks, these teams bust their arse and and go out every week and, and you know strive to, to win games, to put themselves in a position to finish in the top four and get that home final. And I think some of that advantage for teams that really do have a, a suburban ground where that sort of home field advantage is... You, you can actually account for it, and yeah. it, it's something that you can take into consideration. and certainly something that opposition teams will have in the back of their mind. Um, you know, it's not like with all due respect to, to South and the Bulldogs, if they're playing their home home final at Homebush or whatever, you know, that's that's what they do every week. Exactly. You know, that you know, if they were drawing fifty fifty thousand there every week, then that becomes a real advantage for them. But the, yep. the fact is they're not. Exactly. And you know, twenty something thousand at Brookvale or twenty thousand at, at Lycard is is a hell of an atmosphere and it's a hell of an advantage to, to those teams. But you know, for the betterment of the game, they've made that decision. It's, it's. you know, I just want to see the Tigers win home finals. <laughs> yeah. You know, as as a Tigers fan, I just want to see them win. And yep. any advantage that they can get to go towards them winning the game, then I'm all for. Yep. Um, but having said that, I'm also a big advocate of the players being pl- paid what they're worth um, and the game growing at the grassroots level and, and really taking some massive strides forward. So um, you can't really... Have one without the other, so you've got to make that sacrifice. And the Tigers did it last year, and they'll do it again this year. And and you know,
0: well, yeah, they, they, they didn't agree to it at the there's, start. There's of the three, year. yeah. There's, there's three points to make. One, the CEOs all agreed on this. Yeah. So Graham Low and who's the CEO? of You're
1: uh, Steve Humphries.
0: They sold their fucking teams out. Simple as that. And they're the, and the blame lies solely at their feet because if they didn't think it was going to be an issue. Or if they did think it was going to be an same issue. Same would have
1: applied for Penrith had they made the finals.
0: Yep. I so, don't think
1: many teams would want to go to CUA Stadium and play a home play a final out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, that's, that's exactly right. I mean same for, same for Dragons. I mean, yeah, they yeah. would choose Cogra or something like that, you know. And Sharks, let's face it, I mean, it's easy for them to sign their in Paris. easy for them to sign their lives away because I mean, like, they're going to make the finals anyway but um for teams that actually have a genuine shot you know being like you know but this dragons, whole the whole situation Tigers. started
1: because you know nine the dragons wouldn't move their game away from cogra yeah. and, to, and to accommodate a bigger crowd to to facilitate para fans when para was on that massive run and lost
0: and and that was the second point I was going to make is that the reason why Gallup uh has has changed the policy was that um they didn't want to turn people away you know because the 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 field the ground was full and all the tickets were sold Mm -hmm. the response to that i have is if people want to become you know, want to come to the games bandwagon people fuck them essentially Mm. become a member of your club you get the advantageous position to be able to buy tickets the day before anyone else Sure, and you will get to ever since i've been a member i've never missed out on a single ticket that i've wanted to any finals game grand final anything if you're a member of your club, you're gonna do it. If you're a bandwagon person that only starts to want to go to games when they actually get into the finals, then fucking take your chances. Yeah, they're don't the, don't ones deserve probably, any. The, if the ones that the members are. gonna be see f- it should be them. <laughs> the members are the ones that are financially, you know, contributing to their clubs. They deserve the advantage to get into the grounds before the other before the other, you know, bandwagon people. And so if you're not a member of your club, don't fucking cry when you can't get a ticket. End of story. Valid point. And uh that's really that's all I really had to say about it. I mean, at the end of the day, Graham Lowe, he sold the team out. He's not there anymore.
1: Yeah, I think that's a bit harsh to say, he sold the team out. But, um, you know, they agreed, you know, all 16 CEOs agreed to it at the start of the year, um, you know, with the betterment of the game in mind. And, you know, we're just going to have to live so
0: It's it. so David wouldn't have to turn people away from fields. <laughs> that's... <laughs> And and you know it could have been it could have been fourteen it could have been fourteen and two, I mean, it should have been fourteen and six fourteen and seven you know with because the only teams that actually affects are the Sydney teams, mm. Melbourne can still get to play out of their ground, Titans I would imagine would still get to play out of skilled, Broncos obviously they get to the play out of Suncorp Cowboys would still get to play out of up there mm. dairy farmers Kiwis would still get to play out of New Zealand, yeah good point so it's not like it's been administered fairly and it's not like half the teams in the competition had something to lose in the first place. So it's easy for those teams to, to go, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, the Sydney teams can play uh, fucking SFS yeah, their, and
1: ANZ. I guess if if they're thinking they're finishing the bottom half of the eight, it works for them, doesn't it? So.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if, and if they don't, who gives a shit because they got their home ground anyway and it doesn't affect them signing it away because they're signing other teams' rights away.
1: I guess it doesn't really affect Manly as much being away from Brookvale and playing the Cowboys because just as many Manly fans are going to get... Um. Well, sorry, just as many Cowboys fans are going to yeah, get Cowboys to, fans to ANZ but Manly fans or SCFS are going to get at Brookvale. Getting so. from the
0: northern beaches to to Moore Park is not the easiest thing, and it's not like I mean, you know, we, when we sit it's up, it's a here, lot
1: easier than getting there from Townsville.
0: Well, yeah, but we sit we sit here in Brisbane, and I mean, if you if we want to get to um like a, a Broncos game or a final, anything happens at Lang Park, we can go to a shopping centre, get on a free bus, we can go to a train station, get on a free train. And shit goes directly to the ground.
1: I'm surprised that Sydney doesn't do that.
0: You can walk. You can walk from Central Station to the Sydney Football Stadium, but it's not a short walk. I right. mean, like you have got to commit to it. I mean, it takes half an hour. Um, but I was talking to some manly guys today on Twitter, and you can get on like a train to go to um, ANZ. I mean, that's what I've done when I go to Grand Finals. That's what I do too. Is get a train straight from the airport, but. Um, you can't do. I mean, there's no, there's no way directly. You have got to do a couple of modes of transport to get from Manly to, to Moore Park. Don't and not they, they just don't, run a they, ferry out and there? And they don't. And they don't. Well, there's a ferry that takes you to the quay.
1: Can't you just get a ferry to Homebush? Isn't that how it
0: works? Well, I mean, if they dug, dug a massive trench from the <laughs> harbour all the way out there, <laughs> but that wouldn't help you get into Moore Park either. <laughs> so um, so yeah, it's not like it's as, as easy. And that's the other argument. Sorry, Manly. I mean, they say that you know the crowd's tipped to be about 20,000 which is like under the capacity of brookvale anyway yeah. so that's that's the kicker for me so instead of having a, a a seething full brookvale oval like it was with that melbourne storm game where the atmosphere was just incredible it's going to be a half full sfs mm. which is fucking stupid and it's not the it's not the advertisement for the game that they put this rule in place to provide sure so i and and ANZ, it's a fucking massive stadium and i mean dragons got a lot of fans tigers got a lot of fans but shit, they'll struggle to sell it out.
1: Well, they got seventy thousand there for the for the preliminary final last year. Uh, there's a fair bit of hype behind this game. They're only talking fifty.
0: Yeah, uh, and is you know, half full.
1: SFS is forty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: I'd probably take the SFS as as more of a home ground advantage in the ANZ. But
0: well, that's right. I mean, SFS would be because I mean, you guys pl- have played home games out of there before. I mean, I don't think you have played as many out of there this year. But, Not um, as many because I mean you, you've had you know Leichhardt and Campbelltown to to split your time between, but um yeah anyway it's done now, it is, and uh, yeah thanks CEOs. Next story: Zorba leaves the building. The iconic Sea Eagles media manager, former player, and one-eyed rugby league commentator will part ways with his beloved Manly after the finals. After four days of crisis talks. Peter Peters met with Chief Operating Officer David Perry and Chairman and Nephew Scott Penn earlier today to thrash out a redundancy package. The club bosses were at pains to point out that his comment to journalist Megan Barnard, in which Peters described her as a good sort, was not the reason for the decision. But they're aware that Seagulls fans and club legends will have a hard time believing this. That was an isolated incident, but it's not the reason. In isolation, it's not that bad, Perry told the Manly Daily. The business is under pressure financially and we're looking at going in a more contemporary direction. I understand what people would think why people would think he's been harshly done by, we apologise to all the supporters and the members. When pressed on what a more successful and contemporary Sea Eagles club would look like, Perry nominated his former employers at St George as the right business model. Of course he did. Well, I mean, Perry got the uh, St George well and truly on the right track as far as the business behind the the, the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping he does. Well, the not same. a bad
1: business model to work from. Yeah, I and
0: mean. I'm and I'm hoping, and that's why he was appointed to the job. 'Cause the guy's clearly a you know, a very capable rugby league administrator. And um you know, Manley's is is as successful as the Dragons. So there's no reason why, you know, why they can't be as good business behind the football side as well. Sure. Um and so I I, I support, smell a rat though. I don't. I don't really. He's been there forty odd years and I heard uh, exactly. and I, and I heard him on the radio today saying that uh the other week before this comment was it had come out the good sort thing came out he was uh they he sat down with Perry and he sort of said you know where do you, you know what do you see your future or whatever and he said oh you know uh, you know for another 5 years or you know, something like that. and then Perry was like visibly shocked cuz Zorb is not getting <laughs> he's not getting any younger anyway i mean yeah. like he's
1: well, he's 66 i heard yeah yeah this podcast this last week or so so yeah
0: so um look i mean, ironically
1: uh, the, he finished off the, the last podcast with uh, something because obviously the the good sort comment had come up. Yep. And they discussed it at length, and then when he signs off, <laughs> he said, "I'm the, yeah, where do you think I'm going? I'm not going anywhere."
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um.
1: He's a bit of a he's a character. He's much loved by Manly and, and a lot of players within the club. Um. Uh, just the timing of it. I guess, you know, there's no reason why it couldn't have been kept in house and, and exactly. maybe come out in the off season or yep. something like or that. Or
0: negotiated in the off season.
1: Yeah. There's no I just yeah, they can say they understand why people would think that, but I mean when it comes the week after the good sort thing. Yeah. It's it's not a good look. They probably could have handled that side of it a little bit better, but a decision is a decision and they've made it and they'll stick by it. Um and like you say, if it's all part of the grand plan for for um Manly to, to become a force off the field financially and, and be able to attract um, some more lucrative sponsorships, and et cetera, that aren't sort of people that are actively yep. employed by the club, sponsoring the club as well. Yep. Uh, it's got to be good for, for Manly as a whole and th- certainly they're Fans and members and all the rest of it—they'll get the benefits of that down the track.
0: Yep, and I don't have a massive problem. I know mean, a lot. Of, I know a lot of people do, and a lot of people are like, oh, we're not going to renew our memberships for twenty twelve. Blah, blah blah, but people need to understand as well that there's you know there's been good sides and bad sides as well. and um the bad sides aren't exactly you know terribly you know public, but there's been administrators and you know. People have tried to get rid of him for you know over the years before, mm. and he's you know managed to survive, you know generally through tight associations you know with the coaches and then you know like guys like Desi and the players you know Arco Bob Fulton people like that. Um, well, Bob Fulton came out and
1: and had some pretty harsh words to say about the club. Yeah, and talking about today,
0: faceless men, I mean that's that sort of shit is pretty destructive. Yeah, I think. I mean, let it go. You know, stick with the referee's decision. There's no, there's no faceless people. I mean, it's pretty fucking clear and and well publicized who the board are. Yeah. The board are the ones who made the decision. Perry's the guy that um, you know, was part of the decision and delivered the the decision. I mean, everyone knows who the board is. They're not faceless people. Mm. And if Bozo's got an issue, then you know, keep it in keep house. Keep it out of the, Keep it out of the media. I mean, it's not it's not helpful. Um, that's all I got to say about that.
1: Yeah, I, just on the good sort comment, for starters, I mean, she's freaking hot. But yeah. <laughs> It was a fairly misplaced comment given the fact that everything that was going on with Manly with the fight and for all his years, 40 years or whatever, he's been involved in the media and, and within the Manly club, he's admitted himself he, he should have known better yep. and he does know better. Um, and like you've said, you, you know... I'm not sure that I buy into the to the media vendetta against Manly as much as you do, but there is there is definitely some merit to it. There's some pretty destructive and
0: pretty pointless stories. You can provide, provide example. I can there. provide a, a clear time oh, no examples doubt. for you. I but, mean, even just like the last two weeks, like you know the storm thing, that's all fine. I mean, you know, and they they went fucking well. That that right? wouldn't have mattered. They went bananas over that. I mean, yep. fucking bananas over. It. Then the good sort statement came out. And no one raised that except for the Daily Telegraph, mm. who turned in this massive thing like Zorba's got to be sacked for this. Mm. Then, when he gets sacked, it starts printing things from, like, you know, Bob Fulton and that saying he shouldn't have been sacked. And oh, isn't it terrible that he's been sacked? And then just, the thing I don't hun-
1: understand, right? If like, it's not just you that has this thing about the, the Daily Telegraph having this vendetta against Manly, but Bob Fulton, an immortal. Yeah, and still actively involved with the Manly club. Yeah, why would he talk to the Daily Telegraph and and give give? Well, oh, not put fuel he, on the fire of well, a story because he, like because that. he's
0: not really actively he's not actively involved with the Manly club. I mean, he's a broadcaster. You know, he's with Hadley and that now. I mean, Hadley fucking hates Manly like you know white hot. You know, he could work for Daily Telegraph. He hates Manly so much. Um, and then you see the final thing is when they came out. The Sydney Morning Herald had the story that um that I read uh, earlier about the, the home ground thing where Tim Sheens co- was complaining about it and Jamie Lyon was complaining about it. Daily Telegraph runs a story and it's only Jamie Lyon's complaining about it. Mm. So, you know, it's just ridiculous. They fucking spin it the way they want. Burn that fucking piece of shit rag to the no ground, i say.
1: No doubt Zorber will fall on his feet and he'll um, continue with the rest of his career in the media. Well, you and- know, he's
0: still his broadcasting career and all of that sort yep. of thing. Um, you know, maybe journalists will have to work harder to find stories out about Manly. Cause, I mean, he won't be his forthcoming. But um, you know, we'll see who gets appointed into. Well, given that he was made redundant, there there can't be a media manager, media manager role. Oh, be a digital uh, eagle. Well, that exists already. And yeah, you know, and and you know, with all due respect, a digital eagle is not you know qualified. Is not a qualified public relations or journalist who's you know for delivering that sort of you know for press briefings and things like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, it'll be interesting to see which way they handle it agree. Hopefully they leaves Orbit with a bit of dignity well, I mean, yeah, after he, he's left the place. <laughs> even
0: just let just let Scott Penn handle it, you know. I mean he's done public stuff, you know, he he's done announcements for the club on the club's behalf before. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, get David Perry a bit more visible. I mean he hasn't really you know, he's been very quiet since he took over in June, um, from Graham Lowe. Uh so I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more of him. He seems like he's uh, got a reasonably uh smart head on his shoulders. He's no Stephen Humphreys, but hey Recaps. Kicked off Friday Night Football, St. George Illawarra Dragons, 32, defeated the Penrith Panthers, 12. Big win to the Dragons over a Penrith side that lost all interest at halftime, and in doing so, they saved themselves certain elimination in the first round of the playoffs. Penrith aimed up early, but it was the Dragons who opened the scoring with two tries to Brett Morris, both converted from wide out by the Cat in the Hat, and it was 12-0 at halftime. Penrith struck back through Blake Austin to briefly get a sniff of a contest, but it was all over shortly after as the Dragons buried the Panthers with further tries to Soward, Nightingale, and Matt Cooper. Lockie Coote grabbed a try late to bring the margin a little closer before Mitch Rain finished the scoring off with a slightly dodgy try to end the game. In the end, fairly comfortable win to the Dragons 32 points
1: to 12. Yeah, poor old Petro tore his breast.
0: Tore his titty. Tore his titty. <laughs> Cruel waiter for him to finish his time at Penrith. Geez, he's had a he's had a shit last couple of weeks. So hey, like just with you know the off-field stuff and him slagging you know the board and it's been a pretty um... something like the only other real drama that he's really been involved with was
1: when he when they announced that he wasn't going to be staying on at the Broncos. I feel he like he handled that fairly professionally, but uh, I guess he's probably not accustomed to how things are done in the western suburbs of Sydney.
0: Yeah, I guess
1: public cat fights and bitching and hair pulling and. <laughs> Glassing and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, it's you know I would have liked to seen him you know finish the game and and you know play out his stints in the game and and play well hopefully and say a nice uh, nice goodbye to the game that way. But unfortunately, he finished with a bunch of ice on his breast and and that was that. He's gonna have five or six months rehab. Doesn't
0: doesn't look real pretty. <laughs> no, no, the Broncos will certainly miss out. uh on some of the new signing as well. Yeah, I just I just
1: think that nullified any real chance Penrith were gonna be in the game, given that there were any real chance to get at the Dragons was via the forwards and when they lost their, their most inspirational forward leader they you know, that they, they didn't really have the heart to go on with it. Some ominous signs for the Dragons as a unit that it just it seems they're waiting to just be unleashed on the rest of the top eight. But um, you know, I don't think we can read too much into their form over the last few months now that the finals are here. I think, you know, given the Tigers play them this coming week, it's, you know, even if you look at this game, it had solid contributions from Soward, Cooper, Boyd and Morris and those sorts of players that are going to be, you know, front and centre when it comes to making any noise in the finals. And then on top of that, I've got to say I'm most worried about Wayne Bennett's contribution to this final series yeah. um, and to the Dragons as a whole. And, you know, more so than I am worried about individual players. Yep, I, I think he he's the one that gets them over the line. And, um, you know, as we said last week, he, he did a similar thing. And the way the Broncos went into the finals in 2006 was in much the same vein as how the Dragons have this year. And they went on one in the comp and and look very good in doing so. So I'm, I'm very wary of the dragons, and I think they showed some more signs this week that they are, you know, heading back to where they to the side that they were at the start of this season and and all of last season. So um, I mentioned Brett Morris; he seems to have found his finishing mojo again.
0: Yeah, gee, that's some piss poor defence down that side. The <laughs> there him was, in was a though, couple of ordinary
1: attempts at tackle. I just I just don't know that Cooper's going to be the guy to get him enough ball.
0: No, to, um, no. to. I'm not Cooper's sure how like
1: he Cooper, got. Was how much was Cooper injured last year that Morris scored so many shots?
0: He mustn't have played a game. <laughs> I mean, Cooper's Cooper's like Zoolander. I mean, like it's not that like you can't turn left, you can't pass left. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's shocking. And I mean, how frustrating would it be to be? You know, I
1: haven't seen Zoolander either.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw the fucking glaze look in your eyes, and I thought, I'm just going to plough through. You seem to be gracious and sort of go <laughs> like, you got it. But then you just you just dubbed yourself yeah, into shit. That's
1: it. I saw I bring that out I was topical.
0: But <laughs> yeah. this week, Glenn hasn't seen Zoolander. <laughs> it's another an <laughs> podcast for for people keeping score of the movies he hasn't seen that everyone else in the world has seen. I've almost forgotten all the good. Which ones you haven't seen? Now, yeah, I mean, I'll just oh, assume, so many. I assume you haven't seen anything except for sports movies. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Like Rocky and stuff. <laughs> good point. Good point.
1: I look, again, the dragons took some more steps, but. Um, it all ends this week, unfortunately, for Dragons.
0: Or begins anew. Or will find out the mystery of the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Over to Twitter. Not a lot on this one. I have a feeling it's because everyone, uh, everywhere they played the, um, the the other game first, yep. everyone watched that. That was the game that had some ramifications for the finals, I guess, and uh, everyone just went to bed. I think. I think so. I was uh, knackered. I know that much. Mr. Bowles sent us a sent us a message though and he seems to be a um a Penrith fan given he's got a he's he's <laughs> a uh, display picture on Twitter is a Pertel jersey. He says uh Panthers put Matty Bell in tears and drop him for twelve minutes of that has been Petro. Not a good look. Bring on twenty twelve. So now Petro's a has been. In the wow. hearts of in the hearts of Penny Panthers supporters.
1: Haven't they changed their tune? Not
0: good. Dragons fans, they must all went to bed too. Did I say wet the bed? Went to bed. Went to bed. Wet the bed. Potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. When it comes to Dragons fans. (laughs) Second game, Newcastle Knights. This was the game. Newcastle Knights, 40, defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 24 The scent of quality finals football was in the air as these two sides took the field for a a defence-oriented battle royale to see who would take the final spot in the top eight for season 2011.
1: As the 64 points scored in the game would indicate... As it
0: turns out, that smell must have been coming from the future because there was nothing at all (laughs) of that sort on the field (laughs) in this game. The smell... The Knights heard the opening whistle and commenced a blitzkrieg on the Hapless Rabbits, opening the scoring in the seventh minute through Isaac de Goyce. The Avalanche then continued with tries shortly after to Kafusi and Houston, giving the Knights an 18-0 lead after only a quarter of an hour of play. The Rabbitohs grabbed their first try of the match shortly after, a simple try to Corrigan, 18-6. The Knights, they finished off the half with another flurry with two tries to the Iwate parte, giving them a 30 points to six lead going into Orange's. Second half, eight minutes in, and it was Oate again collecting his third try of the night and chalking up another hat trick like good wingers do. Souths then began their comeback with Merritt grabbing a try in the 55th minute, then McQueen scoring in the 65th minute to bring them closer at 34-18 with 15 minutes to play. In the 73rd minute, they crept closer still through a try again to Merritt, reducing the margin to just 10 points. But that was as close as they got, and right on full time, Iwate streaked away to get his fourth try of the night. And following the conversion from Adam McDougal, the Knights ran away with it, forty to twenty-four. The big
1: toe poke from the back. <laughs> I mean, <thank laughs> it. I it was Mick Cronin. I mean, thanks, thanks, uh,
0: ma- much love to Iwate for you know bringing it around yeah. a little bit for him. <laughs>
1: it's only that McDougal's probably older than Mick Cronin.
0: <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's the it, same. The old toe poke. I mean, who's the last person that was really? I mean, Meninga. Was it Meninga was was he the dead last one? I think so i th- I I think so. I just was it someone like Corey Parker? Was he rolling the rolling with the toe pokes and then you know sort no, of and then really? flip then flipped up the style you know and then learnt to do it you know around nah. the, the corner way. I don't think Corey there was Parker some, was toe poking. There me. was someone. I'm not sure if it's a current player, but certainly a recent player who was a toe poker and then they adapted their you know they adapted it to to round the corner style. Benji, <laughs> back toe poking for you,
1: son. You're a shit pokers, Benji. <laughs> My first thought for for this. Match pre game was that South would blast out of the blocks, and I thought that they might struggle to maintain the intensity for the for the full 80 and that might have been when the knights <laughs> might have come back and got' them. Um, i just I think they struggled to maintain the intensity for eighty, but it was all last about yeah, <laughs> they come home with a wet sail and started like a bunch of shit,
0: but even so I mean Newcastle, like last week they had the game against the doggies, they got out to a good half time lead, not nearly as good as this one was, but it's still good, and they just completely surrendered it in the second half this time. They had a great, a better lead going into half time, extended it, and then... Uh, and then faded. Then they did fade a little bit, but they did right the ship as well. I mean, it was just some of those unstoppable things of South. When South had the ball unstoppable, Newcastle stopped them once, slowed themselves down and sort of controlled it, and then, you know, they went on with it, scored a couple more tries. That we'd oh, finish just, them off.
1: I'm a bit concerned about their late-game fade-outs, um, especially considering their next opponent. You know, they're behind the eight ball to get get a result in this game as it is a result anything other than a loss. And if they do manage to blast out of the blocks and a few things go their way and they put a lead on there, they're going to have to know how to hold on to it because a team like the Storm's going to come and get them. And if they just wilt like that, they're gone. Their season's
0: over. The thing is as well, though, I mean, a lot of their tries came off absolutely diabolical defence as well. I mean, and Newcastle... Well, you look at the Voices one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He spun out of a tackle and then ran seven or eight metres through about three or four defenders and crashed over. Yeah. Not... He's a strong dude. But he's not the biggest bloke on the field. Kafusi scored under the sticks through yep. goal line defence that was virtually non-existent. Um, Uate beat three or four on a lot his, his first try. A lot try. of his
0: tries were, you know... Four or five on his second try. Yeah. I mean, just guys just falling off tackles, you know.
1: Yeah, just absolutely.
0: And for, the, and for their part, South, I mean, they scored... I mean, that first try that South scored was off... The most momentously shit house defence mm. I've ever seen in my life too. I mean, it was just—it wasn't even a cut out ball or anything. It was just a a pass to a guy running into a hole, but the hole happened to be about four meters wide, and <laughs> about it's, five meters out from the try line.
1: It's you know Newcastle have had some games where they have had some really resolute defence this season. This certainly wasn't one of them. But um, you know, with their big forwards aiming up, and and they have put some pretty positive defensive performances together. But see us. Are capable of carving up a lot of sides. Yep. But geez, you know, Newcastle didn't exactly cover themselves in glory defensively. So no,
0: certainly not, especially with that lapse, because the tries once again were, were quite easy tries. Sure. That were scored.
1: All in all, a decent effort from South, given the forwards they were missing for for a large part of the season. For them to get so close to the eight was was a good effort. I just. I just wonder if maybe South. I'm not sure they have this in their DNA but whether they need to take a more under the radar approach in 2012 rather than coming out
0: stop saying this is the year
1: yeah and saying oh look we can win the comp let's just say well oh, we just want to put our best foot forward and maybe a change in coach someone that's uh, it's got a proven um you know it's he's a bit of a here and now sort of coach Maguire and you yep. know whereas Johnny Lane you know his last real coaching success was 10 years, eight ago. years ago yeah so with this guy, maybe he comes in and, and, you know, puts his foot down and stamps his authority on the team and they take a bit more of a conservative approach to announcing what they're going to do for the season.
0: So, just putting themselves under pressure. Yep. All right, Twitter exploded with this game. Loz Australia, he basically uh, flagged at the start of the game, like, I've got 20 things I can send you. And I was like, you know, go for it. Send them as you think of them. He's like, no, nah, so I'll try and compile them. So, anyway, he sent one through and said, hey, vaunted south left edge attacked. You know they get to run at you too, right? Cruzeo6, great hat trick to lot. Oh, my bad. Uate parte, like Uates do. There's one for you, I think. Shut up, Paraman1973 came along the same lines. Another non-Lottie scores a hat trick like all non-Lotties tend to do, and I hear parte poppers going off in the background. (laughs) Uh, The trophy box. Being beaten by a team as shit as Newcastle, LOL at Souths. But the Knights will be cannon fodder next week.
1: Yeah, sadly, I, I think they will
0: be. <laughs> Australia comes through again. Birds do it, bees do it, even educated fleas do it. So let's do it. Let's LOL at Souths. <laughs> and it's I think on. and the trophy box again. Souths forty odd years of beating their chest. and again they have shown they all talk and no action. So um. Wow. I I suspect a lot of South haters out there. Yeah, and and you know what the the general uh, temperature of all of these tweets has been because they talk themselves up, like you were saying, they talk themselves up at the top of, at the top of the mm-hmm. season and say, "This is the year we're going to win. We bought all this and done all this, and we're going to win." Then they peter out and don't even make the finals, and I think that's that. I mean, I think that their public image could be you know done immeasurable goodwill, you know, by not. I just worry shit. what they're
1: going to do in the halves next year.
0: Man, off it's free. <laughs> Didn't mention it in the news, but uh, he's, he's quietly negotiated a release from the last two years of his contract at Canberra. So, um, yeah, so off <laughs> into the sunset. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on there. Next game, Saturday, the New Zealand Warriors eighteen defeated the North Queensland Cowboys six. The Warriors got their jump on their rivals and jumped out of the bottom two death slot with a comfortable, mm. if unspectacular, win over the Cowboys. Our show's favourite, Captain Snooze, opened the scoring after, once again, a team let a fucking bomb bounce. Sean Johnson sent what the pass. What is past- it with that? I don't fucking know, but it seems to be epidemic over the last four to five rounds of football. I mean, it's happened in isolated forms like it's Ben Barber like and stuff. they're
1: literally taking the name of the kick, literally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, get, don't get within a crater of it. Fuck. <laughs> But even and you see guys that like that the fuck, tigers. The, the tigers have done it. You see guys that fucking know about it. I mean, Dally M winner Billy Slater. Yeah. Let one in the trying against Manly before by letting a bomb bounce in the in goal area. Benji Marshall. Matty Bowen in this game. Jamie Soward. I mean, they're all doing it. All the cool kids are doing it. Yeah. Just, even, except Jamie Soward, he's wouldn't be classed as a cool kid. I just don't understand. And I mean, these are these are tries they're giving away. I mean, are they that nervous about trying to take you know the criticism that comes from taking a ball on the floor and, and dropping it? And it happens in every game. Yeah, and almost oh. every yeah, it happens in almost every game. It's craziness. Oh, just
1: you know, Phil good has some merit where he says, you know, I'd be instructing my players. I don't care what you put yourself in a position to catch the ball and you make an attempt to catch it
0: and yeah. let the thing bounce. So let's face it, you know, giving up an extra set of six is better than giving up a dead set try. Yeah. And on this occasion, this is what the Cowboys did. Uh, Sean Johnson sent a pass out to Captain Snooze. He scored out wide. The Cowboys, they hit back midway through the half through 5-5 five, five, lower. But ultimately, that was their first and final joy for the day. Warriors took a lead into half time through a try to Lance Ho higher before icing the game in the 63rd minute when Captain Snooze collected his double. Final score, 18-6. How does, how does Captain double?
1: Snooze factor into the finals for the, for the Warriors?
0: Not at all because he's not in Dame this week because uh, the Beast is back. Uh, just,
1: <laughs> I, I guess, there's, he's you know we've always called him Rocks and Diamonds, but you see some of the freakish things he does, and yep. then you see some of the you know freakish but not in a good sense things that he does. Yeah. It's painful. So he's back for back to the Vulcans if they, if they even made the finals. Assuming if he's played most of the I season, think, probably not. I, yeah.
0: I think they did. I think they did. But uh, yeah, cool don't don't, don't, don't quote me Oh yeah, well they just put the death grip on everyone and you know knock them out. That's how that, that's how they got so far through the season. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sean Johnson's ability
1: to perform the way he has been over the last couple of months. Um, on the big stage is is a huge key to the warriors' chances. I don't think they're without a big chance of of knocking off the Broncos. They showed in their last game that they're they're up to the challenge they only got pit by a point.
0: yeah, yeah, no, I agree um
1: it's just there's going to be a lot of pressure on him on the big stage to come up with consistent plays to lead his team around the park and It's not all going to be about the highlight reel plays. yep he's yep. going to have to do some some gritty stuff to get him over the line. And it's all part of his development. I'm just wondering if this particular game's come a little bit soon for him, uh, considering he hasn't played the whole season in first grade. He has bl- burst onto the scene at a rapid rate of knots, and he's covered himself in glory. But yep. you know, this is a whole another ball game now, and whether he whether he handles it or not, is is going to go a long way to determining whether the Warriors are going to have much success in the finals. Bowen and Thurston, they've got a much vaunted combination, but. Just doesn't seem to be clicking at
0: the moment. Yeah, I mean, and, and Bowen was sensational when Thurston wasn't there. Yeah, and I he know. seems to have gone back into his shell. Yeah, he's a got. Bit he, he, now, got a, you got a taste of being like almost the, the the guy with the sole responsibility for the side's attacking performance. I think their Play forwards are like a doing a reasonable job, job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, their forwards are fine. I
1: just wonder if you know. I
0: mean, I'm missing Dallas Johnson. So you know, maybe there was some you know starch missing from their the defense. Sure, but I mean, but, at the end
1: of the day, they only leaked 18 points. Yeah, it's not like yeah, they got exactly. Pumped.
0: But then they also didn't play that poorly either. The Cowboys. I mean, they they in attack they certainly didn't seem to have anything.
1: But with JT and Bowen, guys like Brent Tate, Willie Tonga, Fi Fi Law, even Ash Graham this year's been proven finisher.
0: Proven finisher, yeah.
1: You'd you'd have to you'd have to back him to score more than one try. Yeah. And, and I think just it just doesn't to, seem to be clicking for has him.
0: To lie, the, the blame has to lie with Thurston. I mean, he's the guy, the the best player in the world in, in quotes. To his
1: credit, he has come out and, and said he's given himself a bit of a rocket to, to yep. lift for the finals. Um, And, you know, I guess all the Cowboys fans and, and their players and coaching staff and everyone associated with the club will certainly be hoping he does because they're every chance of being won and done. If he doesn't, yeah, well, if, if he doesn't, they're gone. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. For Leri Mateo... He's become a massive asset to the Warriors, and he's been much maligned by this show most of the last season.
0: But who to thunk it? Sorry, who to thunk it? Inu delivered exactly on the promise that we that we thought he would. Yep. Um, but fleety change of scenery, he actually came good.
1: Just the fact that he's learnt to be selective. I don't know, I don't know if we can credit that wholly and solely to Ivan Cleary's coaching. But
0: well, he seems a hell of, of a coincidence. Then. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, just he's much so much more selective. Whereas at Para, it was offload regardless, literally regardless. (laughs) No regard for where the ball ended up. It was going out. (laughs) And he had an uncanny ability to get the ball away. It's just a lot of time it was to the ground or to the opposition team. But it was still an uncanny ability. But he's harnessed it. He's got really good selection with his offloads now, when to run. Um, You know, his his short kicking game as well is another asset to the team. and um, There's less of those brain explosion balls out the back that, Get cleaned up by the opposition and, and yeah. give up possession cheaply. So very interesting to see how he goes as well. He, he was he I wonder was if good less in game, this game
0: time is the key for him. Yeah, because you know he's not he's not like playing like a you know an eighty minute lock role or like you know or five as he, as he's you know tried to you know thrown into playmaker. I at think 0-9 was the
1: beginning of the end for him when he started coming off the bench when he got back from injury.
0: Yeah, so. Um, but you know, like less fatigue and things like that means that you know he, he's not making decisions under as much fatigue because he's getting more time. You know, he's yeah. getting bench time. So, you know, what he does is more quality because he's not doing it under as much guess, you know yeah. sort of physical duress. I I just thought
1: that that time at when he was at Para and he started coming off the bench, I think that was the time where, like I said, it was the beginning of the end at Para, and I'm sure he would have went to the Warriors thinking that he was going to get a whole lot more game time
0: yep. and here
1: he is coming off the bench and injecting himself being more selective and yep. And again you'd have to put it down to Ivan Cleary's coaching maybe yeah. he's
0: the genius that Gus thinks he is maybe because I think mean, Gus certainly have to give him the stamp of approval to get him over there
1: yeah good good, solid win for the Warriors they um, I don't know They're, I don't know if they can do it four weeks in a row but I'm not going to put at least one win in the finals beyond them so
0: I, yeah, and um, I can certainly do it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And
1: I, I think they fancy their chances against the Broncos.
0: Well, look, yeah, they came very, very close last time. I mean, they had some shitty attempted at field goals that were charged down and stuff at the end. Um, you know, they were close to winning that game. Simple as that. And, I mean, remember, that was the game where Lockie, you know, equaled or broke the record. So, yeah. And you know they're going to get this games... support there. Yeah. Like, it's not...
1: Going to be all one way track it crowd wise as certainly the
0: Broncos. No way.
1: And Manly showed on the weekend, which in the game that we'll get to, that you can silence that crowd
0: very, even very if it is easily. Big. Yeah, very easily. <laughs> so,
1: um, if you if you know, and all due respect to the Manly people that, that made it to the game, the sheer weight of numbers from the amount of Kiwis and the Warriors up, fans. If they
0: come up the M one from the Gold Coast, because yep. when we went to that Test match in April. It was phenomenal. It felt like it was in New Zealand. I mean, it was just the the crowd noise. And we knew we weren't in New
1: Zealand because we still had our wallets. Yeah. And we weren't wearing jandles, bro.
0: And our dollar was still worth a dollar and not not (laughs) two (laughs) dollars.
1: But. There was just as many Kiwis as there would have been in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's very vocal ones too. So I mean, if, if, if you know, you can get half of those and we guys. Did, up the road. We did
1: get the ones at the top of the gene pool that were smart enough to get out of there. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> not a lot on Twitter for this game. You know, Kiwis maybe they're bringing the cards close to their chest. Cowboys certainly had nothing to say. Um, Shitting themselves, I predict. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure the Cowboys are overly happy with where they're at at the moment.
0: No, no. I mean, what's well, well, four in a row? They've they've chucked away now. Mm. All right. At backward sit on Twitter game report. Warriors showed the brokeback mountain men how to be a winner. Next week they'll geld the horse they rode in on. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's the funniest thing he's ever, ever said. Ever, ever reliable. Tony Strange, love it. <laughs> Next game, Saturday night, Spooner Palooza. Yes. The battle for the spoon. So dubbed. Parramatta Eels, 32. Consigned the Gold Coast Titans to the spoon with a measly 12. A game that I was in attendance in attendance. Uh, and 20 others. Yeah, along with uh, 21 other Twill Nation members thanks to the generosity of our buddy Choppy Close. And it was all bad news and very, quite depressing for the Gold Coast Titans. The Eels were on top early and and they remained on top for pretty much the entire game. They opened the scoring in just the eighth minute through Ken CO, shortly followed by Jared Hayne in a 13th minute in a 100-meter try-line-to-try-line try effort. The Eels, they continued to lay on the points with Morgan getting his double with tries in the 20 and 32nd minutes. And with Luke Burt's three goals from four attempts, the Eels went into oranges with a commanding 22 points to nil advantage. There were... <laughs> where are we? Uh... Second half was more of the same. The Titans playing like they were not the least bit interested in sending Preston Campbell into retirement in style. And the Eels moved ahead 32-0 through a double to Ben Smith inside the first 10 minutes of the half. The game then died off as a spectacle. Eels visibly dropped in intensity. And despite the Titans trying to mount a comeback of sorts, it was far too little, far too late. But they did add two tries. One to O'Dwyer and one in the final play of the game to Meade. Anthony LaFranche was given the honours of the final conversion and made no mistake. Final score, 32 points to 12.
1: Sad to see the Titans couldn't even get up for this game,
0: man. Seriously, At the end
1: of the day, they had nine players leaving the club.
0: It was fucking depressing, including
1: hey? Preston Campbell. who's was a freaking champion in every sense of the word, and yep. guys that are foundation members of the club, like the Frankie, Nathan Friend, yeah, these sorts of guys, and they couldn't show up for them. Oh, very for... disappointing. Oh, in I a season, season of Low turns... Lights, this is
0: I think the season turned when Friend was out, yeah, and and offloaded. Yeah, I think, think about so. Think about the timing. Pretty, I mean, because they didn't start the season. They didn't start the season well, but they didn't start the season like Spooners either. No. I mean, they're still fringe of the eight kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. The whole Nathan Friend <laughs> thing, you know, certainly looks like a catalyst for
1: things turning sour down there. But uh, just, I just feel really bad for them. It's, it's been a season of low lights for them, but there haven't been many more lower points than, than this game. Yeah. For their final game of the season, for their fans, they got a good crowd. 18,000 or something uh,
0: 18 as and something. it was now. So. And, it, and it seemed like it could have been... Um, Somewhere around the mark. A legit 18,000. It was certainly the the fullest it's been at a Titans game that I've been to this year. And I've probably been to three or four of them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't as full as the All-Star game in the Test match, obviously. But yeah, it was pretty full. So. Their
1: performances this season... And yes, they've had their, their issues with injuries... You know, guys like Friend or even Princey's been out. Bailey's had his issues. Um, so has is LeFranchi. But I just think their performances this season detract somewhat from Cartwright's coaching stock. It just, he just... His reputation has been unquestioned up till this point. Yeah. He's had a pretty charmed run with some of the playing roster that he's had access to. Um Searle's certainly giving him a bit of a free reign as far as recruitment goes. And he come into this season having finished, what, fourth last year?
0: Yeah. Was it fourth? Fourth. or Were they even higher than that? It was would have been St. Oh, George, you, you were 3rd George you? Penrith, Tigers, Titans. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah.
1: So there was a lot to look forward to this season for the Titans and they just haven't lived up to it one iota. eight. And it's, it's all, you know, the coach is responsible for... For getting those players into a mindset every week, whether they have the attacking potency that they would have otherwise have had um, but were nullified because of injury or whatever, he still has to send them out there in the right frame of mind to to make their tackles and keep their
0: structures. I heard that he didn't say, at halftime, he 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 didn't say anything. Yeah. Like, literally, he was just silent, didn't say a thing. And that's almost like, you know, the coach has given up. Yeah. He's just kind of like saying, fuck you lot. Just, you know that's like a coach that doesn't have any answers before four years to, to run on his contract yeah I mean and admittedly it's going to be a, an injection of fresh air you know when he's got you know like Buster Rhymes comes up next year and uh, you know Nate Miles guys like that but jeez Buster Rhymes and Buster Bows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> put them with MC Kilogram <laughs> fuck oh you oh
0: god it's a rap supergroup. group it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing um but yeah, the Titans—they uh, literally after the first try we scored, they just—they didn't look like they wanted to be there. Um, we were sat right in the middle of a bunch of Eel supporters too. So for get the, the
1: Devon and Sauce sandwiches to Gordon, and he'll shit in the hallway. That's the fucking number one. I go straight through him. And, uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll lose his key and yeah, in get the way it to he goes. Gordon.
0: <laughs> um, I don't have anything else to say about this game. I look at Twitter. Hain played fullback for the Eels. Oh, we should. Yeah, credit to Hain. He played, fuck- he had a good game though. Like, he did. He was wearing the six. He was wearing the six, but he was playing fullback. Especially in defence, he was playing fullback. I mean, which, yeah. is, which is what allowed him to score that length of the field try when he scooped up a, a grubber kick and took it all away.
1: Yeah, another five metres, Mead would have had him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they can say that, but yeah, he didn't have another five metres. He's fucking fast though, huh? Yeah, like, yeah. Bird... When he strides out, he's a fast guy. Fucking Bird. I thought Bird had him covered. Yeah. To be
1: honest. like <laughs> Just the angle that Bird was running at... And but he just he dropped off. And the amount of ground that Hayne had to cover, I thought well, he's probably going to go in a touch here or he'll step inside him at, at yep. very worst. And fuck me, Straight <laughs> around him. the outside I mean yep. bird was like diving for des you know desperate attempt to try and get it, I lay a finger on him and couldn't even get that. Yeah. M- yep. Mead, you know, just proved how fast he is. Yeah, I mean, Haynes no outside. freaking slouch. No,
0: no. But I mean, yeah, another five meters. I mean, you know. Jared was there too, and I mean, it wasn't like he was sprinting; he wasn't sprinting through the no, tape on the goal line either. I mean, there's always that slowing down. So, I think if Hayne had to run faster, probably to to his best line, performance
1: probably... of the year when the
0: game meant nothing. Um, yeah, I, well, yeah, I guess it meant, it meant something in terms of the fact that you know, Parramatta clearly didn't want the spoon, and Gold Coast were kind of indifferent to the proposition. Mm. I mean, Parra came out with, like a side that was like, "Fuck, no fucking way are we getting the spoon," and they played accordingly for the first time. They did something for Hind. Maybe they
1: thought it meant to, <laughs> that
0: you get to spoon. And they're like, "Way, well, silverware swords, spoon. yeah."
1: And if it's you know some of the women that tend to frequent the gold car, I'm up for that. That's yeah. what it means, right, boys? Anybody?
0: Somebody? That's what I think. Cardi wasn't talking to him. He didn't <laughs> seem straight. No, no. Now, can I go to Twitter?
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: Ricky T eighty seven. Shit team versus shit team equals the most ridiculous fucking vuvu shitty crap tacular game played by a bunch of useless twats. <laughs> okay, and there was, well, we had another one here. Nigel Bridgman, Bridgman RL, on Twitter. He was one of the people at the game. He was. The, yeah. He was there. He was sitting in right in front of me. Said uh, those ingrates at Parramatta had better name the whole stadium after Nathan High once he's done. They don't deserve him.
1: That got me thinking. Actually, do you think they'll name a stand after Lockie at Suncorp?
0: <sighs> what are they even called at the moment? Eastern and the Western. They don't. So,
1: so <laughs> after uh, you know the the great Broncos luminary John Easton and uh,
0: Western's biscuits. <laughs> yeah,
1: Gordon uh, Weston. Yeah, I don't. I
0: don't know. Um, I know what you're saying though. I mean, because yeah, I can't believe that yeah, they. If Wally
1: didn't... Lewis doesn't have one, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot. Of, you know, when it's it got comes a fucking statue, give him a stand. When, when it comes, when it comes to Queenslanders and stuff, I guess. Um. You know, there's a, there's quite a long line of people like, you know, you could argue that, you know, Mal or you could argue something for Artie or you could argue you know what I mean, like
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: But yeah, it's fucking mean, lucky man. Yeah. It's strange that they have a stadium. And given that they got given that they got four stands too, you know, it's not like a hill and a hill and you know I mean? Like yeah, you know, there's actually four stands they could that that they could name. Or sections even. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got the upper upper balconies and you know I mean Yeah, definitely. there's plenty to name. Yeah, and it's, it's it's strange, now you think about it, it's strange that they didn't, like, you know, roll in, like, you know, Frank Burke or something, like, you know, into one of the new ones, when they, you know, from the old Lang Park. Yeah. Disrespectful for mine. <laughs> 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 Alright, Um, and finally on this game, we've got um, R. Benso, Parramatta Eels fan, overseas at the moment. And he's like, uh... Filming Yeah,
1: an idiot abroad.
0: Yeah, after what I hear, it was a masterful game. Clearly, time for you to retract every negative thing you've ever said about Jared Hayne, ever. To I don't which, know. When to, he which plays I replied, to which I replied, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so he said, just a subtle best fullback in the game comment then. And I said, no, he was wearing number six. <laughs> I'd give you nothing. <laughs> I just. Even in those games
1: in 09 where he went on an absolute tear. I'm not sure you could really class him as being totally invested in the game for 80 minutes. He injected himself and then some, but he hardly had, you know, I guess that's part of the reason why they've been insistent on trying to play him at 5'8", is to get more ball in his hands. But I don't know. I just There's a lot, of, a lot of other fullbacks out there that show a lot more energy and a lot more involvement in 80 minutes of football that don't have the talent that Jared Hayne possesses. and, and yeah. He would have well, a massive you know, impact on that team.
0: You know, they, we could put that on a loop. We've said it all year. Yeah. Um, sad, you know, sad for the Eels because, I mean, they're paying a lot of money and unfortunately, you know, yeah, okay, he won you the game that didn't consign you to the spoon. But, you know, he could have played like that for all season and you might have been challenging A ago,
1: I think it might have been oh nine. 9 Yeah, I think it was 9 Because the Tigers, their final saves were pretty well extinguished by Parra in a game I flew to Sydney for where Hayne chipped over the top and won the game in the last minute, which broke my heart. Anyway. <laughs>
0: and started this vendetta that you've been pushing on the show. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyway, the Tigers went down to Skilled that year. I'm sure it was O nine. I couldn't make it to the game. It's the only Tigers game I haven't been to when they've played on the Gold Coast. Yeah. It's the only game the Tigers have won there. <laughs> Ironic. Coincidence you be the judge. And Benji absolutely carved up. It was the last game of the year. We couldn't make the finals, even if we won by 600. And Benji was just fucking unstoppable. Every time he touched the ball, he made a break. He put people through holes. The kicking game was great. He scored a tries. And I was just like, why the fuck have you not been this involved all season? Yeah. Why haven't you done? Like, just unfathomable to me. He was playing. He played in that game like he's played a lot of this season. Like, just last five or being six weeks. involved and... Taking the game by the scruff of the neck. And, you know, it's it's a little bit, it's a bit of a hollow feeling when you see your best player do that in the last game of the season when
0: you know he's going to it's all, Bali in a week's time. Yeah, you know, like. yeah. <laughs> and you start thinking about what might have been.
1: Yeah, definitely. that para, para have no, no doubt have a lot of that to, to look forward to over the next few months.
0: All right, speaking of Benji then, Saturday... West Tigers, 30, defeated the Cronulla Sharks. Speaking of not being twenty-two, for much for 80 minutes. Yeah, exactly. A big crowd for Cronulla on hand to pay homage to the war horse, Paul Gallen in his 200th game. Almost 17,000 people. Cronulla, they started well, but it was the Tigers on the board with two early tries, taking an 8-0 lead after Benji kicked like Benji Marshalls do. John Williams got one back for the Sharkies before the Tigers pushed ahead through a try to Moulton. Coming into the halftime break, Jeremy Smith put Stuart Mills in to reduce the margin to two points, but right on half time, Lottie, has he scored a hat-trick yet? To Kiri grab the try to see the Tigers eight points ahead at the break. Second half, the Sharks came out firing, getting close again through a try to Smith. But the pattern continued, and the Tigers were able to keep that eight-point margin with a try to Farrow. The Sharks got it back to the four-point margin late in the game, giving themselves a sniff. But Robbie Farah grabbed his third try of the match, like good wingers do, and finished them off, thirty to twenty-two.
1: Unconvincing.
0: Extremely. We're, fo- we're following this game along at the, you know, on the on the iPhone apps and everything while the other game was going. And what were you saying? Well was I was gonna like, have a stroke. I was like well no, I was kinda like this is not the worst thing that could happen because I was trying to figure out the final how the final positions would play out. And I was like, well if they lose that means they'll be playing at Lang Park next week and we could definitely go, you yeah. know. Like I was thinking that's actually you know not a bad it's not a bad thing. But yeah, then, but, they, still but, like then going... but then they won and they're playing on Friday night and you know, we can't fucking get down to that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just there were some worrying signs, um, given the fact that
0: Cronulla scored twenty two points. What was that <laughs>
1: There's that, definitely, but just the fact they blasted out of the blocks, they put a couple of quick tries on it, all looked really easy and they clocked off. Yep. And if I want to be honest with myself, this dates back to last season. <laughs> um, most notably, all three finals games.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's it.
1: Blasted out to Leeds.
0: Got pegged back and almost pegged, pegged back in the camera
1: to... back, uh, lost the Roosters game.
0: Yep. Um Katia hadn't been injured you probably would have lost the Canberra game. I
1: and Canberra were coming to get us and miss a kick on the side. And, and
0: I might miss the goal, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then um, you know, we led the Dragons twelve twelve nil? Twelve nil and they come back and got us. So yeah. a bit of bit of ill discipline, some penalties. Um Cronulla had a six nil penalty count in the second half and still found reason to carry on about how harshly done by they were by the referees.
0: Could have been hundred nil. Sorry? Could have been a hundred nil.
1: Um they did get one dodgy forward pass call or a non call where the Tigers end up scoring in that set of six where it was a pass, one of those inside balls like they always call forward anyway. This one they let go and it was about half a metre forward. Yep. Just unfathomable to be how they constantly get that one hundred percent wrong, no matter which way they go. It's just (laughs) very rare they get that one right. I was just I think Given the fact the sharks got so close as it was, and Paul Gallon and Jeremy Smith were pretty much the only ones they playing, played like
0: they played like six men.
1: They did. <laughs> they were like Adam Blair.
0: And I mean, Gallon, Let's face it; he's done it in every game. He's fronted up this season. I mean, Jeremy Smith has been kind of a bit down on what the Sharkies probably would have expected when they Paul Gallon
1: doing that on his own makes Cronulla a reasonably competitive side for maybe twenty twenty four. Yeah, not the spoon. Not
0: the spoon. Basically, it just yeah. removes him from the spoon.
1: Jeremy Smith joins him, and they push a top four contender fairly well to the wire.
0: If they had some proper backs, they could finish it off. Doing that. If they, if if they imagine if they had proper halves, yeah, that could deliver to proper backs.
1: Because Albert Kelly was fairly non-existent in this game. Yeah, a couple of good uh, little glimpses on his feet, but nothing really to write home about. Wade Graham was solid but fairly unspectacular. Um, they missed Nathan Gardner for sure. Yeah. Um, but their forwards were their forwards are good. Yep. Um, Snowden and Douglas, I thought they really stood up. And the Tigers really need to watch out. They need that's something they need to rectify in their game. Just I don't know if it's arrogance, whether they just think, okay, we have got this. Due for and, a loss,
0: unfortunately. After, yeah. after you know, it's just it's, it's what they say about teams that are on a all streak. All in all, and I think yeah. it's a
1: tough win from a, a pretty tired team. I think they did look flat. Even though they scored a couple of easy tries, that probably said more about how poor Cronulla's defence was um, to open the game than what it did about how scintillating the Tigers' attack (laughs) was. Um, Also, you know, you look at the try that Moulton scored, which was created by the initial break from Louis, he just pushed out of a couple of tackles. There was nothing hugely spectacular as far as attacking structure or anything coming out of that or set plays or whatever. So it was... You know, a worrying signs, and it's probably better that it come in this game. We still managed to squeak out a win than coming this weekend.
0: Exactly, because you can't... You can, you, I mean, you will concede that you can't play like that and get close this weekend. No. It's finals now. We won't get Roar of any of the
1: top eight teams yep. if if we play like that. i so. Newcastle. Well, yeah. <laughs> the can
0: real go top to, eight teams. Can I go to Twitter? We you got more to uh, was say? Was it
1: Robbie or Lottie that scored the hat-trick? I always get them too mixed up with the... I thought it was Lottie. He could got the hat be, trick, didn't he? The, yeah, just,
0: the beards. The one, yeah, it's, it's. They look exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. Identical. Yeah, could
1: be identical twins.
0: Yeah, the bead it was the one with the beard. Oh,
1: fuck <laughs> Lottie, I always <laughs> said he'd get a hat trick. I feel so great. I've caught it, for,
0: <laughs> caught it, for almost two seasons. Yeah, no, I finally it's come through. I didn't say it was like good wingers do. <laughs> I said it was like good wingers do. It was Robbie <laughs> that got it. <laughs> now. Can I go to Twitter or you got more to say? I've probably got more to say. No, no, nah, nah, I points. think I've got it covered. Yeah, okay. I
1: can't carry on too much. We fucking beat the Sharks by eight yeah.
0: <laughs> And it was funny, was it was the last game of the last season where you barely beat the Sharks through, you know, through a dodgy performance as well? No, we lost to the Titans in the last game. The oh, that's right. Annalise underscore oh eight. Wow, Hooker getting hat tricks, but can Lottie get one? No. And
1: if Annalise was nicer to me, I'd mention that she uh, has a rather impressive blog and give it a bit of a plug, but seeing as though she's a cow, I'm not saying a word.
0: (laughs) Knights kid 95. Had a bit of an away time, and now he's come back and started slamming the tweets back in. I can kick like Benji, or like shit, as some would say. Mm. (laughs) Solzy. Nothing to say to you. Solzy. Jeez, the refs played the Tig Pies into fourth position in those last few minutes.
1: There were a couple of calls. That's that's
0: come from a Canberra fan, so it's not like a Sour Grapes uh, Sharkies fan there. Yeah, but Solzy is... Well, Salzy's a Manly fan now anyway. He's on the bandwagon for the finals. Oh, Dim Sim 19. Robbie Farrow showing certain wingers how the job gets done. Isn't you know, it funny. You're, like, you're kind of like South talking it up at the start of the season. and Now everyone's <laughs> coming to pay you back at the end of the season. <laughs> Los Australia. Between ourselves, I believe the Tigers may have to do slightly better than that to beat the competition's established elite. <laughs> Ever so slightly,
1: Loz. <laughs>
0: and uh, finally, Tiger Barmo 5. The West Tigers. Making shit teams look good since... Zero, 0 Yes. Fuck, we
1: deserve that too. I can't even argue against it. No,
0: no. Which is funny because usually you do try and find a silver lining, but um, two points. This is against one of those things. This we just two... need
1: to win the game to get the top four spot. We did it. Yep. Fuck, we need to improve that.
0: Sunday, Canterbury Bulldogs, 36, defeated the Canberra Raiders, 22. The Doggies, they sent off Bobcat Ryan in appropriate style with a good win against the Raiders after trailing early. Doggies, though, they were in first through Josh Morris before Canberra responded with a try to Josh McCrone. It was the Doggies who struck next with Barber grabbing his first try of the match before Canberra took the lead again through a try to Croker. After a slow and mistake riddled start to the second half, Canberra extended their lead with McCrone grabbing his double before the Doggies got into gear and took advantage following two tries to Barber and a testimonial try to Andrew Ryan giving him a 10-point lead with as many minutes left in the match. Reece Robertson got the Raiders back into the game in the 71st minute, but it was all for naught as Ben Barber grabbed his fourth try of the match with four minutes to go before Josh Morris took an intercept and went length of the field to score a try. Andrew Ryan nailed the conversion. Final score, 36-22. to 22. Ben Barber. Four tries. Fucking amazing. It's going amazing. around this week. Absolutely.
1: You know, plenty of people doing that.
0: Took the, took the, to- the try scoring crown with uh, his haul.
1: Just... You got to. I'm getting on him for Dally M next
0: year. Yeah, he's going to put it together for the whole season. You reckon?
1: I think so. He's just—he's too good to be true. That bite oh, I just I want detect- someone to come out and I'm say detecting- that he's a robot or something that explains how fucking good he is.
0: I'm. I'm detecting this, the the overtly sexual tones of a new man crush.
1: No, nah, not really a man crush material, but fuck. Not Polynesian enough.
0: Not tattooed enough. non mundane y enough. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Not bra boy affiliated enough. Jeez, <laughs> Jeezy
1: can play footy, but God, he's good. I, I Look, at very worst, he's going to run second to Benji Marshall next year.
0: <laughs> Benji couldn't even win it this year. It was laid out for him on a platter.
1: I know. It's a bit disappointing. How about the Bulldogs Star Wars jerseys?
0: No, oh, interesting. Did you like them? Uh look, I like I I liked what they represented because I like Star Wars. Um, they didn't look as good as they could because they they kind of look like an advertising billboard on the front of a jersey, you know, with the lightsabers and that. Like okay, as I opposed to any other jersey. Well, you know, they could have put you know incorporated the Star Wars stuff into the design rather than it was almost just like you know chucked on the you know chucked on. How the front would you the,
1: incorporate the Star Wars stuff?
0: I oh, fucked fine, I huh? know. I'm not saying I'm not saying I know off the top of my head how I'd do it, but you know you could put some more. You're a fucking it. Star Wars geek. Yeah, you maybe know, you can put some more thought into it, and you know, just make it look a bit better. But as a collector's item, man, they're going to make some fucking money off those jerseys because mm. just uh, monitoring Twitter on the subject, people went like Star Wars fans went crazy for them, and, and some of them, like oh, I'd be like, you know, yeah, you know, I'd, you know, I'd get one if you could buy them at the shops. You know, I might get one, you know, for hundred fifty bucks or whatever. But be given that they're only the seventeen that the players wore, and they're going to be auctioned off. I've seen Star Wars supporters on Star Wars fans on Twitter saying. I want one of those jerseys at any price. Wow. So with you know, people like that, I mean they should as far as charity shit should be. Was that any
1: kind of quality? Was that the charity I, that they were gonna give it to? Dunno,
0: don't know, don't know. I didn't I I I wasn't paying attention to where it was it going. It makes
1: me wonder, right? I know that they have the, the game worn jerseys and that's that's the appeal and that's why people want to pay so much for them at auction. I just don't understand it fair enough, sign the game worn ones and sell them at auction you make your money. Yeah. Wouldn't you put out a special release of like a thousand or two thousand of those jerseys? It yeah. doesn't diminish the value of the game worn ones because they're still fucking game worn.
0: And they're signed, and you know they could and be authenticated signed. as as game worn ones if they needed to be to. But I guess that makes them super exclusive. There's only seventeen. Yeah, sure, but you can't get them any other way.
1: I just I don't get well, how I, they know, don't sh- put another. Oh fuck! It could be a hundred thousand, and all that money goes to charity.
0: I hear. You. I remember a couple of years ago, Manly played a trial. And they had like you know something to do with conservation green something or other, and they played. And the it was jersey. like the green, yeah, the manly jersey, except if there was white hoops with like a green yeah. jersey. I fucking wanted one of those ones badly. I reckon they look awesome, but um, they only only the game worn ones only for auction, and they went for fucking packets. I,
1: I, I get the concept behind it. I just think if they released another five, ten, two hundred thousand of them, yeah, and all the money went to charity, how's that a good thing. thing?
0: Yeah, well, maybe and you hold them back till after the auction or something. Even if they weren't to say anything until the auction's done, then they go okay due to yeah. popularity, bam. You know, do it. You have I've anything. never
1: really understood that. Yeah. Because the, the no, game-worn
0: aspect does not lose
1: any exclusivity if you released another batch of them after, regardless of the size of the batch. Yep, yep, I agree with that, actually. Um, was Andrew Ryan nicknamed Bobcat after a mini-loader or after the animal?
0: Perhaps a, a Doggies fan. I, I, know, I know the answer to this, but I just can't put my finger on it. I'm going
1: to go out on a limb and say he wasn't named after a skid steer loader. (laughs) And the fact that they had skid steer loaders behind the uh, dead ball line, which Andrew Ryan clearly then tried to jump up on, and I know for a fact that you don't fuck around trying to climb on earth moving equipment, right? Yeah. Jumping up on the bucket of a mini loader with football boots on, fraught with danger, as Andrew Ryan found out when he almost knacked himself. West gave himself a second circumcision. <laughs> assuming of course he's had it first. But I'm I'm gonna assume that he wasn't named after that, but I guess it probably would be pretty hard to have a wild fucking cat behind the dead ball line for him to go and give a cuddle to if he scored a try if he just so happened to score a try in his last game. So um it was a bit of a funny moment. Jeez, it could've ended a whole lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Could have absolutely cagged himself, that wouldn't have been good.
0: You finished with your comments, are you? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I was...
1: I'm monitoring what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm basically, I'm just scanning Twitter for uh, for comments. Chris, Chris Wargren, what a post-try celebration by Ryan. Him and Hodjo, two of the nicest blokes in league. I'll never forget Ryan v Crocker in 2004.
1: What happened to Ryan v Crocker in 2004? Did they fight?
0: They must have. I don't remember either. I, I do mean. not remember that. I mean, anything with... Sorry, Chris. Anything with Crocker. I mean, the only thing I, I, I... I've got very little time for Crocker. You did give Crocker a bit of a spray. At the... At, where was it? At the function? At Suncourt. At Suncourt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we well, are rightly say. So. Well, the
1: toughest man in rugby league got knocked out by a fucking football. Exactly.
0: I've got, got no time for Crocker. And, and in fact, I've got so little time for him, I've only got enough room in my brain to fit one Crocker moment. And that's when he got <laughs> fucking knocked out cold by a football. Tough guy, that guy. Fucking superstar. And Chris Wong also said the only side, the only downside to today was Romolo's absence. The dogs would be playing Melbourne next week if it wasn't for that. Exactly. I agree that the doggies probably would have got their 90 point margin if uh, the Ottoman was playing. Um, probably a 190 point margin, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Troy underscore 79. Attention Raiders players, go away for a few months and learn to play with heart and passion. Attention coaching staff and management, fuck off. <laughs>
1: That's hardcore.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know the the sack Ferner calls uh, have been going for months now.
1: Interesting, call the media starting to jump on the fact that they had a bit of a family review in of the of the season. Yeah, down at the
0: Raiders and ridiculous that they. I mean, you know, they need to get an independent guy in there to say, listen, listen, you know, the coach is fucked. Here's <laughs> our independent reviewer, <laughs> get the fuck out, John Ferner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at Solsey, Canberra fans said, uh shame Tongue didn't go out with the wind, but well done to Ryan and Tongue for great careers. Sad to see the end of the Raiders Army. I mean, well, it's know. not
1: really the end of the Raiders' army. They'll be back next year, won't they?
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, the end of them. Is that this, like the Salvation Army? The end of them this season was pretty much, you know, the middle of the year, too. Like, all, all this time. That time, when Kat, that time when Cat's hair came on and, and went that off That time they kicked slater. off in round one. <laughs> <laughs> that time when they bought Matt Orford. <laughs> all right. Sunday, second game. Brisbane Broncos, 18, defeated the mighty, manly Sea Eagles, 10. Big crowd at Suncorp for a game where we and many many Tool Nation members were in attendance. Yes, although almost two thousand people elected to waste their tickets. Apparently, big Some first.
1: Some wearing aubergine pants. It must be said.
0: I tell you, aubergine pants with a with a, a blue and and yellow striped Broncos media polo. Yeah. Mwah. Aubergine pants. It's a new black. It is for gay people. Is. Or for sexy man people. You just hating on The sexy man. He really? worked. He worked it well.
1: Oh, he's, he's got it going you
0: know on oh, tell Don't you. get me wrong but I should have taken a picture of him
1: How many pairs of those has he got? That's my
0: question Well the last two, last two or three times that, that we've seen him He's been wearing those Literally every pants. time
1: we've seen him this year <laughs> And I've seen him quite a few times Yeah Because <laughs> I also saw him at the Dragons Broncos game That we took Jackson to Yeah Same pants
0: And he was at the burger eating challenge Same pants He was at this thing uh, the, the Broncos game on Sunday Same pants <laughs>
1: I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he only owns one pair of pants. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And no undies.
0: I I can't comment on that, I wouldn't have a clue. Well I've checked, there's no line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's funny that the official crowd was like and hundred and three. Eight hundred or something, something like that, yeah. When um we know through origin, you know, it's like fifty two and a half is the actual capacity. So I don't know where the other, you know, fifteen hundred or two thousand people went, but
1: How the fuck would you get a ticket to that game and not go? Exactly. If you're a Broncos fan or a rugby league fan.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You had to be some corporate nufty that probably prefers to watch AFL or rugby union to yeah. not go to that.
0: And if the, tickets, if the tickets weren't sold, then, you know, why would they... Well, don't say it's a sellout then, and because then people would be like, oh... Can't you go. Know, to sell can't, out. can't go to sellout. Why try? Strange, strange. I mean, because it, it wouldn't have been corporate people, surely. I mean, you know, 2000's a lot, you know, for the corporate stuff. Yeah, I... I was surprised,
1: especially looking at the crowd. Like, it didn't look like there was 2,000 spare seats. That must have been no. fairly sporadic.
0: No, no. I mean, it must be right. We, we couldn't see the top shelf, you know, above us. So, it could have been up there. It yeah, is. it could have been, yeah. Big first half from the Broncos, though. Some poor play from Michael Oldfield, as well. Some lucky-pleasing decisions, grabbing them a dominant 14 half time lead. Following tries to Andrew McCulloch, Jarrell, Yowie, and Matt Gillette. Yeah, at right, yeah, he's try? was good try. That was one of the takes bad, of the year. Yeah, bad, bad play from oldie to even let Bad
1: positioning, but fuck, he did some work to get the ball yeah. and get it down. Yeah.
0: One of the um, takes of the year. Manly kept in the game through a Benji Marshall-esque performance from the boot of the normally reliable Corey Parker. Apparently, there was a spray at halftime from Coach Desi, and Manly responded immediately with two tries in the first seven minutes. First one through Big T-Rex, followed by another try down the left to Daly Cherry Evans. The momentum was eventually halted when the Manly trying the 50th minute was disallowed and Brisbane fought back to control the field position for pretty much the remainder of the match. Did you realise at the time,
1: I remember discussing it, but I can't remember if... No, not we until ...we finally later. got to realise yeah, yeah. why they disallowed it. Yeah. Apparently, Maddow was offside. Yeah, it
0: was still like a fingernail thing. Like, yeah. I mean, like... Wasn't much in it's it. It's a bit bullshit. Um, I'll say there wasn't much in it.
1: Yeah. But they probably got it right. And I'll say a bit bullshit. And they, got they it said Manly
0: was wrong, they got it they definitely got it wrong. And uh, and they cost Manly the game because it would have been 16-14 lead at that stage. <laughs> I tried a bill in a 63rd minute gave the Broncos an 18-10 lead, which proved to be the final scoreline. As Brisbane failed to do enough to grab second place on the ladder, but enough to give the festival of Lockie the ending it required.
1: It was great to see Lockie get a win. Would have been an absolute travity, yeah. travesty had manny won this game. It would have been fucking funny. It would not have been funny. I would have cried.
0: Would you? Yeah, fucking hell. I would have cried too with laughter.
1: All people that love life. Because I mean,
0: Because yeah, there's no doubt about it that you know after after, after the suspensions, after the suspensions and injuries and everything. I mean, there, you know, no no Manly fan went, you know, those went there hoping to not lose by forty three points. <laughs> and I mean, the Brisbane media kind of fueled it up a little bit with the Courier Mail starting to bring the forty three points up. You know, not not realizing that you know that Manly didn't lose by more than eighteen all season and it was never going to fucking happen. But um,
1: yeah, that would have been funny. Yeah,
0: but. Add Manly awesome. lost by forty three. Great performance from very understrength strength Manly. Uh, felt like a moral victory, if not a victory victory. Um, and and you know, I think most of the Manly play, Manly fans went away very proud of the performance of the side. I think both
1: teams will take a fair bit <laughs> out of this game. I think it was it was large parts of the game that were fought out at semi final type intensity.
0: Yeah, and it's a good
1: lead into the finals for for
0: both teams. Broncos seemed to have the ball the entire fucking game, eh, except for the start They of the did control
1: half. possession fairly well,
0: and like we're hammering at the line. Yeah. Non-stop.
1: Yeah. I I didn't see the stats, but just on the basic flow of the game. It felt like
0: 90-10. Sorry? (laughs) It felt like (laughs) 90-10. Except for that short period in the second half when Manly
1: took the most of the opportunities in that period of the game and made a real game of it. Even Lockie said himself he was glad that that Manly put that passage of play together and really took it to the Broncos and they had to grind out the rest of the game. Um, They they got the hit hit out they needed pre-the-finals and showed, you know, Broncos... Certainly showed that they weren't far off their best, and Manly pretty much showed the same thing. You know, yep. considering the plays that they had out, yeah. really good defensive performance primarily. Um, <laughs> Brisbane's forwards held their own for Manly versus Manly at the most part, but
0: which is strange because I mean they really should have dominated them.
1: <laughs> they probably should, but when well, we the cracks two started
0: for, to appear, two props out, yeah, for Manly.
1: When the cracks started to appear in the second half. Brisbane really struggled to stop the bleeding in that passage of play. And, yeah. and Manly took advantage of that and, and just charged up the field. Um, if they had, had been awarded that try their in the 50th sides. minute.
0: Sorry? If they had been awarded that try in the 50th minute, they may very well have just kept, the momentum may that just kept going. Yeah, there was Like that, what happened the first time they played this season. There was
1: that decision which went against Manly and also the one where the Broncos were awarded a try um, where the Manly winger, Vare, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, Vare, yeah, number 20. Um, due to the Broncos players both going for the ball, both coming down. Um, side by side with one another. It was like, come a, it was in like a rolling ball. Could, couldn't really make an attempt to tackle on the guy with the ball. The Broncos scored, and they deemed it a fair try. Um, those couple of calls basically... With a were, were the difference. Were the difference. I'd like to see a bit more of an explanation as to the, the Brisbane try. One, I'm happy to roll with, with Matt Eye being offside. But um, I didn't really see any real explanation as to how they justified that. Yeah, because he, clearly... he was definitely denied... With it, with it was certainly not really intent there
0: to make it, yeah, there was definitely not intent there. But I mean, but to didn't. make a shot on the on the guy with the ball, he would have had to tackle two guys at once. Yeah, and one, when one of them was Gillette, and the other one was like it was Reed. Yeah, I think I mean you know they're two fucking nuggets. Like one guy's going to bring yeah. that down, you know. Even the great Dean Varro. <laughs> even the great Dean Varro, who did play pretty well in his first game, first grade for a fucking long time.
1: Yeah, I agree. DCE's a real deal, eh? Oh fucking! Heck, Took on it? extra
0: responsibility with yeah. the absence
1: of four and, and handled it just fine. He he really um, directed the the forwards around the park and and got that left hand side attack going in the second half. And yeah. and you know Brisbane's defense for the most part was pretty good, but during that passage of play when Manly threw everything at him and it was by far their best period of the game, DCE was really controlling things and, and Brisbane didn't have the answers to really stop him. So yep. good performance from him. Um, sad to see Thode and Hoffman. You know, miss the well, Hoffman is going to miss all the final series in Thode. Yep. Uh, depending on how far the the Broncos progress, he's going to miss at least two games. So, um, it's going to hurt those. The absence of those two players is going to hurt more than we realize. Uh, Thode, you know, he's an inspirational leader. But Hoffman, we've seen the difference in the Broncos side in the games that Hoffman's played, even though he's had a disrupted season with injury. Um, and he makes a massive difference with his play from fullback, And yeah, the he's other guys like that who. have replaced him can't emulate what he does, and therefore the Broncos are going to be poorer for, for the loss. But hopefully they can overcome it and, and put their best
0: foot forward. Um, One thing I was – although I mentioned the thing that there were a lot of Lockie-friendly decisions, I did make the comment to you during the game. And um, I've I've only watched the highlights on, on you know, like the, the points on, on replay. I haven't watched the entire game on replay. So, you know, the perspective is kind of, you know, how it was, you know, sitting in the stands watching it, mm. and it just seemed like the fucking both teams, especially, they got away with fucking murder, lying on the tackle player. I don't know what was doing there. I have yeah, well, the by your own
1: admission, Manly. Yeah,
0: because no one's out. No one that else. That was part of Manly's us. game plan. Yeah, for sure. Oh like, um, well, you could tell. Well, Zorba at the at the Manly function beforehand. Um, I, I was there late, so I missed him. but apparently he said that the game plan for Manly for that game was literally just to fucking kick the ball on the last tackle into touch, you know, walk the scrums. Exactly what I said it'd be. Yeah. Kick the, t- kick kicking touch, walk the scrums, wind down the clock, complete sets. That's it. <laughs> like the play ball down. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. And, um, and the funny thing is it worked, it's worked pretty well. I mean, it's such a, it's such an underdone side and with three out of four, of their top four playmakers missing, they still managed to put it on. So, um, I was very proud. Um, that's about it. Well, what's Twitter got to say about it? Wasn't really pushing it because we were at the game. So I'm sure we'll have some in there, though. Cruzio 6. That was a nice practice run. Yeah.
1: Shout out,
0: Jamos, STG. Manly looked very flat. I think Des will be happy with the effort, though. I think they're going to struggle without Glenn Stewart. Well, that's one of the playmakers that they're missing. But I think um, the main, the biggest problem was 4 I mean, because Cherry had to had to work the right and the left. You know, when you got foreign taking control of the They left,
1: really left line out in the centres he didn't really play much 5-8 so he yeah, I mean, handled himself very well pe-
0: yeah and people were saying that he was going to play 5-8 um, you know based on his positioning in 2008 and you know the grand final winning but I said the whole time he wasn't going to play 5-8 he doesn't like playing 5-8 he does so well and creates so much out in centre that they weren't going to like juggle the entire team around they just lost yeah. some and actually another player I need to mention which I didn't have in my notes old CUCU been maligned massively by me Massively. Huge. But he fucking played. He played well in that game. And he put on some hits and he, he had a great fucking time. I mean, he wouldn't be a bad bench, bench option, I think. I mean, um Ballin didn't have a happy game. And um I have a feeling that CSE was included in the side, you know, for the purpose of giving Ballin a rest leading into the finals because he, he always shoulders the brunt of the defensive load and, you know, therefore, you know, be a bit tired. Um but see, see he did really well, so I have to give him credit because I usually slag him off. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely give him some credit on this one because he did play well and he defended well too. We got a lot of people saying, gee, I wish I could have met you at the thing, you know, but yeah, this over, you know, unfortunately, didn't happen. Although... Um, He'd we catch did, up with Sky. Yeah, we got to meet, what, well, we probably met, Cruisy, like, you know, about 10 niable. people. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of the Manly fans as well. A uh, couple we haven't met before, Gillian well.
1: and Aaron, of course.
0: Yep, yep, and it was great, and it was a good bus to get onto the you uh, the field at the end day. Eh?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Got a photo Loved laying it, on the hallowed turf.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, uh, there was a guy that <laughs> wanted us to take a photo of him uh, signing, signing his name, autographing on the, uh, the <laughs> autographing the Of and, course,
1: we didn't partake
0: in such uh, criminal behaviour. And uh, yeah, that and and it, and it didn't really actually happen, but it was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, the guy didn't get caught, and. Uh, he did it in black marker was fucking stuck out like Dodds yeah. balls. <laughs> All right. Finally, Sunday night footbitch. The Sydney Roosters, forty. Defeated the Melbourne Storm, eight. The Roosters, they finished off a fairly positive last few weeks of the season with a commanding win over an admittedly very depleted storm side. As the scoreline suggests, it's pretty much all Roosters, all game, early tries to Leilua and the count before Matt Duffy pulled one back for the Storm. The game fell into a bit of a lull from that point before Aiden Guerra grabbed a try in the 38th minute and then, right on the stroke of half time, Leilua notched up his double to give the Chooks a solid half time lead. Leilua got his hat trick in the 48th minute like good wingers do. Or even substandard ones, apparently, and even his body gave up in protest. And immediately, his body <laughs> gave up in protest, and he went off injured. The storm hit back shortly after, and they grabbed what, their board, final
1: borderline park footballing <laughs> wingers. Do
0: yeah, and, and Lott, I mean Lottie looks especially bad not having his hat trick given this round of action. The storm hit back shortly after, and they grabbed their final points of the game with a try to Bow Champion. And from that point on, it was all Chookies, tries to Carney and Mitchell Pierce polishing off a forty points to eight victory. Nice way for the Chooks to finish the season. Apart from getting touched by touched up by Manly a couple of rounds out from the end, they that was the only game they lost, I think, in well, the run home, was wasn't it? that was a
1: game they identified that really changed their mindset heading heading to the back, back few games of the season, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um and Astor said as much himself and they were a bit embarrassed by that loss to Manly, and they really turned things around despite what was going on off the field with them. Um, and we've got to mention this was another win without Todd Carney, and that's four in a row to finish the year. So yeah,
0: so I see you later, motherfucker. Don't let it all hit your ass and way Well, out.
1: it it just it takes out the element of player power having a say in the decision. You know, you just don't think that that's going to happen behind the scenes. Well, the players
0: certainly aren't begging for his his uh, retention now,
1: and they're certainly not putting performances to together that would indicate that they're pining for for their star playmaker to no. come back into the side. So
0: no, I mean, if anything, he's definitely a resolute. We don't need this fucking menace. Yeah, Get exactly.
1: Rid of They're really turning it on, and um, I think Pearson and Astor were really good. But Jake Friend's probably the big story out of a pretty ordinary year for the Roosters. He's yep. he's come on in leaps and bounds. He's got his act together. Stayed off the booze and stuff. And he's he's been know, in, he hasn't been in any trouble I know all been this year, been has he? on he? But up until this season, and and certainly in the last month or so, I haven't really seen. You know, the huge raps that have been no. on him and why people persisted with him with the problems he had off the field. And when he was drink
0: driving or whatever he did last time, yeah. in the early last season, I mean, he was sacked immediately. Yeah. And so, I mean, they sacked him quite quickly. I thought, okay, that's the end of him, but um, good on him. He's come back. He's come back. Come stay back straight. He's,
1: he's, you know, proven the detractors wrong and the people that believed in him, he's, he's proven them right and he's haven't, I thought he's had a really positive season in what's been a season of very few positives for the Chookies after
0: the Roosters have turned their season, season around too. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a shit season overall, but I mean, when you look at their position on the table now, now they're a team that's, you know, just fallen short of the eight rather than a team that was in contention for the spoon, you yeah. know, a month and a half ago. Like a month ago, yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't know that I'm going to read too much into the result as far as the Storm go. They finished with only 14 fit players and, and started the game without Smith and Slater. So, um, I'm not sure that they were really keen to, to win this game. They probably would have Preferred to um, to keep the scoreline a bit closer and, and and be more competitive than what they were, but geez, they there was a bit of a rate of attrition there for a while where they lost a few fit bodies, and um, that obviously played a part in the Roosters running over the top of them and put some more points on. So um, again, it's it's not something I'm going to read a huge amount into as far as the Storm goes. I think they'll, you know, Bellamy said as much in the press conference after this game that. You know, as most of the coaches do, spruik this is a whole new season now that the finals are here, and um, I would imagine the Storm will take that mindset into the final series and and put this result behind them. It's a bit of a blip on their radar, and and they'll kick on and and probably win fairly fairly handily next week.
0: I say so. I mean, like you, let's look at the catalogue of players they had out. Mm. I mean, who were the three suspended? You know, you had Sisawanga, yeah, Blair. Blair Who's the other one? Was Norrie out? Or did he get? Did he play? Out? I can't remember. Can't that remember. was the third Murray. one, and then um, and then yeah, resting the other two, then injuries throughout. I mean, you know, they were down to a bench of only. Jamie one. Jamie
1: Lowe was gone. Yeah, Widdup uh, hurt himself. His Blair hurt injury. Blair hurt him. him.
0: Was... Blair hurt himself. They had a bench of one player for most of the game. I mean it was a bit of a touch-up and maybe it was a bigger touch-up than it needed to be, but yeah, I mean, I think there are a few, you know, mitigating circumstances.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to affect my tipping
0: this week, I can tell you that <laughs> much. No, no, I still think, uh, well, we'll get on to that next. Uh, anything on Twitter for this one? Eddie NZ. while Manly and Melbourne have their valid reasons for losing, no one likes going into the final with a loss against them. Eh, maybe so. And I believe there is some statistic about, about that, but, you know, you can make statistics, you know, prove anything really. Sixty per cent of people know that, yeah, sixty per cent of people are right a hundred per cent of the time. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Previews, the finals, week one, season 2011. Kicking off Friday Night Football, the Battle of 4th v 5th. The West Tigers versus the St. George Illawarra Dragons at their traditional homeland of ANZ Stadium. You say Tigers to win because you support the Tigers. End of story.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think clearly they need to improve um, on some of the performances they put in. Uh, Certainly... Across 80 minutes of the last few games of the season, they're going to have to put an 80-minute performance together against the Dragons. The Dragons will will lift on what they showed the last few months of the season. Um, And I think you can throw the form guide out the window. I think the Dragons will be their best, and the Tigers have to play the full 80 minutes um, and throw everything they can at the Dragons. I I just think the Dragons have lost their aura. And I don't know that the Tigers are intimidated to be playing them. They know they can beat them.
0: I don't think anyone's... In this day and age, in the finals, I don't think anyone's intimidated to be playing anyone, to be fair.
1: Well, I'm not sure Newcastle's going to be able to confident against
0: the Storm. And I, th- I really I, don't think the Cowboys are going to be
1: real confident against Manly.
0: Yeah, but they've got the... They're in seventh and eighth, so they've got the nothing to lose, you know. There's no tomorrow. They might as well, you know, throw the kitchen sink in. Sure.
1: I think the Tigers can win. I think they will win. And... I'm hoping it's not a close game. I'd like to just see him, you know, have a couple minutes to go and be 13 in front and just cruise. I don't really need another heart, heart, act, heart attack, rather, in the uh, first week of the finals like last year. That just about killed me.
0: Oh, controversial. Like, and the Dragons going to win. I think Dragons got the kind of game. I think they'll lift you know, the if finals. If the Dragons I
1: win and the Broncos win, Yeah. Tigers play Broncos next week.
0: Sweet. So for the purpose of me seeing an extra game of finals footy, <laughs> <laughs> sounds promising. Um, I think Dragons come in. I mean, Dragons are, are a team that, that, that does trouble. I mean, their style, I think, is a, is a contrast and uh, counter towards the West Tigers. Uh, even when the Dragons were in their alleged slump period, Tigers really only got a win, you know, just through some quick thinking, taking advantage of a of a hobbled player on the field that couldn't defend... You know, and I mean, if he had been swapped off the field by his staff, you know, the opportunity may never have presented themselves and they would have squeaked out a two two point win or a four point win, whatever they had. Um, So, you know, there was really nothing in that game. Um, And that was quite recently. And I mean, you know, the Tigers are as good as they were then, you know, slightly down on that last week. The Dragons certainly are better than they were in that game. So um, it's a real hard one to pick, and I mean, you know, it's easy to cop out in finals and go, well, gee, anyone can win, because, you know, fucking pretty much anyone can win. Yeah. But um, I don't, well, I
1: don't I know that my tip's going to surprise anyone. So. No, you're t- I, I,
0: I, I'm going to tip the Dragons. Not just not, not being contrary to, to what you're saying, I think they good can change. win. I don't think it's the end of the West Tigers, though. I mean, you know, by any means, but I think this game, like the Dragons are just a good match matchup for them. So we'll see. Yes, we will. Super Saturday, the battle of third versus sixth the Brisbane Broncos versus the New Zealand Warriors. No Hoffman, no, no, no Thayday. Justin Hodges returns though.
1: He does, and Jared Beale goes to fullback to to cover for Hoffman.
0: Ben Te'o into the pack to cover for Thayday. Hodges resumes his position in the centres. Tough game to pick. I'm
1: going to have to go the Broncos
0: at home. The beast returns for the Warriors well, too. I've
1: got a I've got a funny feeling about the Warriors, but I just I just can't go away from Lockie from the it Lockie was, factor.
0: Yeah, it, it was a very, very, very. I mean, well, you couldn't get a closer game last time they played, and it was only a couple of weeks ago. It was a big occasion for Lockie uh, when they did win. So did that lift the Broncos over the top of them? But now every occasion's a big occasion for Lockie because every game's his last game potentially. potentially yeah. Once they, you know, essentially once they lose, that's it for Lockie. Will that provide you know additional? You know, motivation, guess, or, motivation pressure. or just, you know, lifting you know, yeah, will they implode? I mean, if they start getting behind, will that sort of, you know, mentally, you know, implode them? Um gee, I I'm gonna tip Brisbane Broncos for no other reason than they're the home team. That's yeah. the only reason. I mean Warriors, Warriors traditionally are a do a massive well. chance, uh, I think. They do traditionally they traditionally the Warriors do okay in at Suncorp slash Lang Park. Uh whereas they're not usually a travelling side, they always seem to go okay there and they've certainly won their share of games there. Um I don't know, I just think... Yeah, and the Broncos haven't been... See, I mean, the more I talk about it, I'm talking myself out of the Broncos. It's just like I have to tip Broncos for the home the home field advantage and because I know they can be a more solid side than they've shown over the last month. Yeah. Um, But the worry is it wouldn't surprise me in the least.
1: I think if Broncos are going to lose the game, it's going to be in the selections of Beal and Copley in the side. Yeah. I don't think they're going to lose anything, obviously with Jack Reed and Justin Hodges and yeah, No, Yay. absolutely not. Um... And and certainly through the side, Tio's a good player, he's a good cover for Friday, as good as you're going to get from yep. their squad. Um, and they're fairly solid with the exception of those couple of boys at the back. Copley's had his issues with his hands and Jared Beal um, isn't quite Josh Hoffman. So uh, if there's any area that's going to be exploited, it's with them. And I think the Warriors probably match up fairly well with the Broncos and, and certainly a big chance in this game, but I'm going to stick with the Broncos.
0: All right, Super Saturday, second verse seventh. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles versus the North Queensland Cowboys, at the fortress where Manly were undefeated in all their games this season. Oh no, at Sydney Football Stadium. <laughs> Brett Stewart, Kieran four in return, allegedly. Do they? Well, I'll believe. I'll believe the inclusion of Brett Stewart at 7:35 p.m. on Saturday night. Quite frankly, because 8:30. Oh, was that it's when... It's 8.30 start, so you need to name the team an hour yeah, before I mean, we finalised. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 7.35, just to make sure it's locked and loaded. That's what I'm going to believe, that Brett Stewart's in the side. Uh, Hopper's named in the side as well. Uh, he was a last-minute omission last week as well. So, But especially for Brett Stewart, because <laughs> I received mail from someone who should know and told me that Brett Stewart wouldn't be back until the grand final. And then I've had other mail from people who should know saying that he's definitely back this week. So, it's... <laughs> It's a really confusing situation, <laughs> and and I don't know. I mean, well, you know, Brett Stewart probably knows. It would be the first time that he's been named in the side and then pulled out at the last second. It would happen the start of the season. It happened like five games in a row, yeah. or, you know, sort of after, the, you know, from rounds five to ten or something. Um, so we'll see. Assuming that Brett Stewart and Hopper and Kieran Foran are in the side, well, Foran's definitely going to be in the side regardless. Hopper should be in the side regardless. It's going to be a much stronger side. Much stronger, definitely. It it brings back two of the three playmakers that were missing, and therefore you know giving us uh, four out of five of our top playmakers. That being uh, you know Cherry, Brett Stewart, Kieran Forre and um, and Jamie Lyon. The only one missing would then be uh, Glenn Stewart. Uh, So I just
1: I just can't see the Cowboys even getting within Cooey of Manly.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like it to be a, ma- a massive ass whipping I'm not going to lie. I don't want to stress. I don't want any stress. I don't want any possibility of, you know, Maddie Bowen doing some ridiculous 100-metre shit. Yeah. You
1: know, down... Or Thurston.
0: Down, yeah, or Thurston down the back end of the game. Um, I want to win well. Like, the last time we played them in a the finals game, uh, we smashed them pretty easily to get into the grand final in 2007. Um, I think the Cowboys were certainly a better side then, and we, were, and we weren't as good <laughs> as we are now then. Um I can't see anything other than merely winning. That's, I mean, I know I'm biased. Thurston
1: would have to have, if I use the rugby league week um, scoring analogy, they'd have to have a nine. An 11. <laughs> <laughs> I think a nine, and the Cowboys play off the back of that, and they, and they give themselves every chance of winning the game. If he's anything below that, I think the Eagles will win it fairly convincingly.
0: Now, Scott's been named. He'll be tra- He'll be travelling with the side, or? There's still he's he can't be hundred percent right because I know that uh, Glenn Hall was at the captain's call uh, yeah. earlier in the week. The reason for that Why, was wasn't Thurston or Scott there. Thurston Thurston was going to the Dally m, so for some oh, reason okay. he was, you know, not going to do any extra additional travel. Scott wasn't there because he couldn't travel because of his back. Okay. So he's that touchy wow. and that touch and go. So if he plays, it might be easy to put him out with a decent hit.
1: Mate, the fact that they've yeah, I guess there's that He might the, be needled. The fact that they finished Seventh, yeah, he'll play. They'll needle him up well, or yeah. whatever they have to do to There's get no him on tomorrow.
0: The field. There's no tomorrow if they don't win. Yeah, exactly. And Dallas Johnson returns. So you know, how much of a difference he'll make? I guess we'll find out.
1: Oh, he'll make a difference to the side. I just, I think if um, if Manly get him, they'll make. You know, the foundation will be laid through the middle, but I think when they get him, it'll be, it'll be out a bit wider.
0: The wingers, and like, let's face it, suspect on the high balls, and mainly love chucking out a high kick for Matai yep. out on the left and, and, you know, for Jamie or whoever out on the right. Sure. So, um, and, and if Hopper's out playing outside of Jamie yeah. in this and, game, I mean, Hopper loves a high if, ball.
1: If Brett Stewart does play, him chiming into the back line out wider there, yeah, he's a big key, for and he will, and he will basically. I'm not sure the Cowboys will defend that particular. He'll, he'll
0: like, basically play the role of his brother on the right. I reckon, the way he chimes in, and creates the extra man. Starts fights and stuff. He starts fights. Stewart's never started a fight in their entire lives. <laughs> not even with each other when they were children playing with their Legos. <laughs> All right, And finally, Super Sunday or Slaughter Sunday, as it will become to be known, the Melbourne Storm versus the Newcastle Knights in Melbourne. The Knights. <laughs>
1: Little bunch of Aussie Battlers just trying to make the way in a tough harsh NRL final series.
0: Correct. That's what they are and that's what they're trying to do. But this would be
1: a f- like if the Knights would to win this game, yep. possibly the biggest upset NRL finals.
0: Since since when since the last time Melbourne lost in the first round when they were minor premiers.
1: Who was that? Warriors?
0: Two thousand and eight Warriors. That was a fucking boil over to I them. think
1: two thousand eight Warriors were a better side than two thousand eleven Newcastle Knights.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Newcastle have punched above their weight for this entire season. The fact they made it into the eight, especially with the momentum that the Rabbits were coming in, I mean, everyone, everyone thought it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to be in the finals.
1: Punching above their weight. Their hypothetical girlfriends are like Jennifer Hawkins <laughs> and Heidi Klum. Yeah. To the power of Angelina Jolly.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um how
1: far they're punching above their weight.
0: But Congratulations, Newcastle Knights, on getting in on the getting finals. Bad luck, it's going to end so viciously. The Melbourne Storm been down lately. There was two in a row. This, this last one wasn't really, you know, there was certainly a lot of um, mitigating circumstances around that. The one before that was smashed badly by Manly. Um, I think that they're going to be looking to make a final statement. They don't want to be playing next week. They want a week off. You know, start getting some. Uh, especially if they've got some players that are a bit touchy with injury, like Blair and and I don't know what's the diagnosis diagnosis on Widop? How long's he out for?
1: I have not heard the prognosis. He's not back this week. I know no, that. He definitely hasn't been back so, inside this
0: week. So, the it. extra week might, you know, make all the extra fortnight rest, might make all the difference to get him back side. So, I think it's pretty important. They to will the miss win. him. Oh, absolutely. Um, Blair's played five-eighth for them this season, though. Yeah. And it was a game they won. So, you know, they Oh, couldn't... He's a solid player, and they're yeah. not
1: going to look on look to him for a huge amount of playmaking um, ability, given the fact that Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith are inside, and, and Billy Slater's playing off the back of them. So,. Uh, Blairs there purely for his defensive work, and um, and just be a bit of a link man to the outside backs, which he's more than capable
0: of being. Yep. um, Storm thirteen plus fucking Yeah, easy. definitely.
1: I, I think it's as much as it's a bit of a tough way for the Knights to go out. I, I think they've had a a really positive season, and there's good things ahead, given the f- fact that Bennett's coming to coach him next year, and Fluffy's coming along with him in a little basket. <laughs> um, but you know. They'll give a reasonable account of themselves. Um, they've got enough forwards to to uh, get a bit of a roll on if, if Melbourne allow it and things go their way. I don't think they'll get absolutely obliterated, but um, they'll lose fairly comfortably.
0: 13-plus, no doubt. That's full time for episode number 64. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League on Facebook. We're still looking for that target of 800 by season's end. So everybody tell one friend to hit that like button and we'll uh, freaking smash it.
1: Some of you will have to tell two friends because there are a few of our tour Nation members that don't have any friends. We're their only friends. We're their helpline.
0: I, th- I reject that statement completely. <laughs> How dare you! How dare you say that about uh, our our valued listeners? iTunes, keep the reviews coming. I was trying to see if we had any new new reviews today, and iTunes was having issues with rankings. It looked like it had lost all our reviews. However, you looked, and they were still there. So, yeah, it was
1: it was all there on So it must have been a server
0: issue with iTunes. Although you know. we didn't
1: have any new reviews, so maybe it was fucked.
0: Possible. I did a bit of a quick look on Google, and there were a couple of people complaining about it, but you know, it's hard to know. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't complain yeah. I had a look around at some other podcasts and they'd also been eradicated down to nothing yeah. so not sure what the deal is there hopefully they all come back or don't go anywhere as, as per you know what you saw the website become a mighty member of the tool nation by signing up at this week in league.com um, now where will we go next with this tipping ESL tipping as has happened for about the last five weeks no change whatsoever in the standings Richter Tips are still number one by Plenty over the other one who's slightly over the top of Warrior Bunny who's a point over the top of War- of Tiger Benji who's a couple of points ahead of me in fifth and you're still in seventh as it's always been cool saying. NRL tipping Mucho changes Freak 09 in the lead on differential so he's tied on points but ahead on differential from who was the leader for the entire season now she's in second place. Mm. Bronco Ringo, six games back in third. Me, fourth, one game further back. And me. Tied for fifth. Bobby Bronco and Greg Inglis ate my baby. Tied four games back from me. You dropped a point this week. You're down to 27th.
1: I think that's my charge.
0: Yeah, I don't know who you tip. You went from 36th to 26th in about three I think weeks. I
1: tipped Penrith. Well, you deserved it then. I love an upset. <laughs> That's my internal love of upsets.
0: Uh, Punt Club had some issues. Do you want to go into it?
1: Oh, I will touch on it. There, um, the bookie that was bankrolling Punt Club, uh, went into liquidation, much to the surprise of Punt Club themselves and the good people, namely Jason, who um was flying around like a chook with his head cut off, trying to answer all the queries from people who thought their money had gone down the drain. Um, they have since put a hell of a lot of work into uh, partnering up with another reputable bookie, which is far more reputable than the bookie that proved uh, to be not particularly reputable at all. Um, And all of the monies in the punt clubs, you know, of which we have the podcast one, which is contributed to by the good people at punk Club and also one through my place of employment, which is funded wholly and solely by the members of the, that punk club um, all those monies will be honored and
0: and um, all the listeners it, that, that have a punk club will be yeah, honored
1: will be honored and that's good news. I was a bit worried there for a moment, but um they came through and and it's a good result for everyone and um, I'm looking forward to putting one hell of a multi. Yeah. On
0: this week, in and celebration. people and people need to, uh, if they do have a punk club, they need to log in. And um, you would
1: have got a, an email yeah. via punk club, and we encourage everyone to get in, log in, follow the prompts, so um, you can ensure that your club is funded accordingly.
0: Yeah. And finally, don't forget to enter the Jabra Finals Fantasy Competition. Free to enter, and you can win a piece of the 1500 bucks worth of prizes. Get yourself a Bluetooth wireless Jabra Sport headset. Uh, I can't wait to get one of these things to uh, have a crack and take uh, them out on the road, see how they go in a real situation. Um, from all reports, and I saw them on any gadget the other day, um, all reports that the sound quality on Jabra stuff is traditionally very good. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. the end of the competition. Go to our site. Um, if you're listening... If Does you're... it
1: actually improve the sound? Like, would we sound like Sven?
0: No. Mm. No. It's a shame. But our our crap show would um, be crystal clear. Crystal clear.
1: I'm not sure if that's a good thing.
0: No, probably not. So don't listen to us through. If you're one of the guys lucky enough to win it, or if you just go out and buy one when they when they hit the stores, don't listen to the show with them. Listen to something good. Is that what you say? I think so.
1: I just think if if people can actually hear us too clearly, they'll realise just how much crap we carry on with.
0: Take some of the magic away.
1: Yeah. All right. You say magic, I say crap.
0: All right. That's it for me this week.
1: That's it for me too. Go those tigers.
0: Go manly. Week off. Yeah. <laughs>